across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Talk Radio. They've literally, just this second, walked out of the studio. Just, just stood here talking, gabbing. How nice to hear James Whale and Ash back together again, wasn't it? It's the news! Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I wanna pick you up, cause you're still a baby to me. Cribs and cradles and battles and toys, (coughs) joys that bring... I wanna wash your face and change your clothes and button your shoes. <coughs> Walk you around and wrestle with you. Then I'm gonna make you sing. In the morning I can wake you up. Feed you breakfast from a little cup. I wanna pick you up. Roll you back and forth and make you smile. I want to hold you close for a while I want to tickle your feet Drop you in your little tongue Wash your body and shampoo your hair Be careful not to sting your eyes When it's night I'll put you in your bed And I'll bend you and kiss your hair I wanna pick you up, rock you back and forth and make you smile. I want to hold you close for a while. Pat, 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 pat her on her butt, but she's going to sleep, be quiet. Pat, 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 pat her on her butt. She's going to sleep, little baby, go to sleep. Pat, 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 pat her on the butt. Isn't that the creepiest thing you've ever heard it's a real song right it's a song by the beach boys okay from their 19, uh, 1977 album love you which i don't like i don't think it's a very good record but lots of people love it and it's it's quite a creepy record it's all synthesizers and very gruff uh, cocaine and cigarette addled voices right um but that version is by well i'm not i think the artist is either called the antichrist choir or a dungeon choir and God knows how I stumbled across it today on YouTube, but I did. And it's a video, and it's had 19 views. 11 of those views are me. I'm obsessed by this guy. Now, if you listen to that, right, it sounds like it's a joke with all the coughing and spluttering in it. But over the last four months... He's posted almost 1,500 videos online. And not all of them have the coughing and sputtering. And then I went and typed in Antichrist Choir on iTunes. 
And this guy, for I believe it to be one person, has released, like, dozens of albums and EPs and singles on iTunes. And I have become obsessed. This is our generation's Wild Man Fisher. This is our generation's, um, what's his name, Wesley Willis. This is, and here's one, let's get, let's get deep for the heads. This is our generation's Jandek. Anyone? I'm literally the only person getting these references, and I'm digging it. 0844 499 1000. Uh, uh, thank you. What a thrill. He, um, uh, Ash and James Whale back together again. My granddad told me stories of what their shows were like back in the day. When I was a little baby, I would sit on my granddad's knee and he'd tell me about James Whale and Ash and some of the shenanigans they got up to. So what a joy to hear them back together again. I enjoyed that. Um, but this guy... Um, <laughs> Someone didn't enjoy their show very much, according to that tweet. Um, um, but this guy, the Antichrist Choir, I, I'm obsessed. And I, I know this may lose me a few of the not many listeners I've got already. 0844-499-1000, by the way. But I'm going to play more of his songs throughout the evening. Now... I have messaged this gentleman via YouTube. He has his own YouTube channel, Antichrist Choir. Um, yeah. And I have asked if he will be prepared to come on the show. Now, the, the, YouTube is a weird way of contacting people because occasionally I will log into my YouTube account and I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to access messages I get on there. But sometimes I remember and I go on, and there'll be messages from like a year ago. That I've never seen. So I'm going to do a bit more detective work. I'm free all day Saturday. And I'm going to do detective work and try and hunt that guy down. Because he's either insane. He's one of three things, right? He's A, insane. B, a genius. Or C, both of the above. Because I've... It's really intricate. He's doing all the harmonies in the background, and he's chosen odd songs. The next one we'll play is Crazy Crazy Nights by Kiss. You see? He's done loads of songs by Yes, loads of Christian songs. It's very, very, it's, it, it, very rarely do I feel a bit creeped out, you know, and a bit uncomfortable. Don't feel that very often anymore. And going through his YouTube channel, that's exactly how I felt. Creeped out, uncomfortable, weirded out. It was strange. So we'll play some of his songs throughout the night. What are we talking about tonight? Anything you want, to be honest. I've, uh, I didn't hear the last hour of um, Ash and James uh, because we were watching The Apprentice. And I've got a feeling I'm going to get quite into... i got a feeling that I'm going to get quite into this series. I haven't seen The Apprentice for the last few series. Not since the mad professor invented curlers for the hair. Do you remember him? Glasses called James, maybe? And he invented hair curlers. 
I haven't watched it since then, so I think I'm going to allow myself to get sucked into um, The Apprentice. Yeah, Tom, it was Tom, wasn't he? Tom or James, something like that. It was a boy's name. It was a very common boy's name. Um, but I think I'm going to allow myself, and I don't watch television anymore. I don't like TV, don't watch it. Although the last week or so, me and Kath have started having our tea in front of the telly at work. And we've seen all kinds of things. Uh, Corey, EastEnders... And Anne Robinson doing some programme about dogs. I've got no idea what that was about. Um, uh, oh, and um, uh, the Cracker, the uh, Nonsense Cracker, whatever that I can't remember what it was called. Rapey Cracker. Um, and tonight it was The Apprentice. And I'm, I'm, I think I might get into The Apprentice. I think I might start digging it this year. Maybe, um, i tell you what we need, right? This is what we'll do. This is what we'll do tonight. I've got it worked out. We, I want an apprentice correspondent who will call in each week with um, with apprentice updates. Not you, Alan. Uh, I want an apprentice correspondent who is going to be dedicated to the cause, right? Not the pop group, but to the cause of talking about the apprentice. Could that be you? Dear listener, 0844-499-1000. And I want someone who, who's spunky. I want someone who's full of spunk. I don't want someone flaccid. I want someone just just spunk. That's what I want. So if that's you, 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number. You can call in about anything you want as well, by the way, dear listener. I'm, uh, we've got loads of new people watching on Periscope, primarily because I've labelled the Periscope um, sex. I will do anything to sell this show, guys. I will do anything to sell this show. So if you're a new Periscoper or a new listener on DAB or the app or whatever it may be, um, it, it, this is a, a, a late-night phone-in show. Unlike any other late-night phoning show, it shows in many ways it's very old-fashioned. In some ways, it's quite futuristic. In that I am not going to sit here and tell you what we're talking about tonight. It's not going to happen. I'll sit here and talk to you, and I will tell you... Oh, come to a cup of tea. Thank you, Ed. And I will tell you what I've been up to today, and I've actually I've spotted a few things in the newspapers, and we'll, we'll talk more about the clown phenomenon that is not sweeping the nation. Do you hear in the news a fellow got charged with wasting police time? He said he got stabbed by a clown. It turns out he hadn't. No clowns were involved. He just fell on some broken glass. I mean, wow. Uh, so we'll talk about that. I'm, 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 I'm getting into the, uh, the, 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 the clown phenomenon. Dun, 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 that is not happening. But you, dear listener, you can call in about anything you want you can you can talk about the newsy stuff i sometimes get stroppy tweets why aren't you talking about the big news stories because everyone else is you know i like to think that this is a, a little haven a little island uh where we can we can stay away from all of that stuff uh, but if you want to you're more than welcome to it's up to you right the show is pretty much driven by you um you call in uh, and we'll talk we'll just talk you know, imagine we're down the pub or we stood next to each other at a bus stop or um, we're at a cafe or whatever. You know, we're in Costa. And you lean over and say, but can I borrow your newspaper? By the way, don't you? that's kind of how I see this, this, this show. For the moment, anyway. You've got new bosses. Who knows what they're going to think. So, 
what you have to do is you have to pick up your telephones and dial. Don't worry, we call you back, all right? The telephone number is 0844 499 1000. Simple, right? 0844 499 1000. We call you back. Simple as that, right? And, and we we kind of get a nice number of calls bubbling along, okay? And um, but so you, you'll you'll get on. One of the rules I have, I work with Kath for years now, but one of the rules I have, or, or, or the little um, things I have when I work with a new producer or a temporary producer, I always say, they always say, what? So how? What? What would you like? What? What would you like for the show? I say nothing. Just um, a cup of tea every now and then would be lovely. But more importantly, if someone phones up and you wouldn't normally let them on, can you let them on? And that's it, really. It really is that open. And it's friendly and it's nice and I'm not here to catch you out and it's not mean-spirited and it's um, it's all delightful. Oh, and we might play the David Icke interview out a bit later on because um, some of you missed it last time. Right. Alan, Gatford, Rashid, stay there. 0844 499 I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. <laughs> Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 0844 499 Just get a bit of paper out of there. Hang on, hang on. There you go. Paper there. And uh, there's a pen there. Caddick! Mr. Lee, what kind of cake? Lemon drizzle. With me, it's Battenberg tonight. I'm serving you, Alan. I'm here to serve you as an insane... Um, as an insane bully once said to me, Ian, you're here to serve. And I am. I'm here to serve you, Alan. How would you like me to serve you, sir? With a dinner suit and a bow tie. Um, Sheridan has uh, tweeted. Good evening, Sheridan. What cryptic questions have you got for me tonight? Hi, Ian. Isn't Alan Caddick and could Alan Caddick? Well, isn't Alan Caddick, it's everyone else who calls in. And could Alan Caddick, what would you like me to do, Sheridan? So, Alan, what have you got for us this evening? Um, I haven't been following The Apprentice because I haven't followed it since Pantsman was around. Oh, Pantsman, I remember Pantsman, yeah. I saw him once outside Wembley Arena. Yeah. That's a true story. I saw the guy that played Pants Man outside Wembley Arena. I don't remember who I was going to see. Yes, I know, I know, I know. Um, no, but I'm, I'm getting into this series. I, it's been it's been long enough. It's been about three or four years since I last watched it. So I, I don't... I, the, I'm not as jaded as I once was. Although, bl- blimey, watching the telly with Kath, flip an egg. How do you turn the director's commentary off? Just sits there being really rude about everybody that's on there. Really belittles them about the way they look, the way they speak. She can talk. Is that Lord Claude Littner? Lord Littner? No, Claude Littner. Lord Claude Littner. Yeah. Who's Claude Littner? Alan Sugar's right-hand man. No. Yeah. No. Are we talking about Lord Sugar himself? Margaret and the man who looks like my father-in-law. They, for me, are the classic team. Although Margaret once gave me a dirty look on an EasyJet plane because we had babies. That's a yeah, true story. Yeah. You know Nick's doing Countdown nowadays. Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. What is he doing on there? He's presenting Countdown. Is he? I yeah. thought it was the the man from Sky was doing it. No, he left, and now Nick here is presenting Countdown. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I still won't watch it. 
Sorry. Not Sorry. until the new Carol Vorderman on there wears skirts that go beneath her knee. Who, Rachel Wiley? Wears, she needs to wear skirts and dresses that go beneath the knee. The, the short dresses she wears, I think it's a bad... Uh, genuinely, I think it's um, a bad inspiration for young girls. What about Susie in Dictionary Corner? I like Susie, don't Yeah, I met her once. She's very, very nice, actually. Yeah, but for me... When did, I, on... when did I meet Susie Dent? What was I doing when I met Susie Dent? I remember meeting her and being very thrilled... Hello? Sorry. I remember meeting her and being very, very thrilled that I met Susie Den. Was it the Alan Titchmar show? I think it was when I was Alan Titchmar. She was there. Well, it's very rare for someone from Channel 4 to be on ITV. No, it's not. Because we don't normally see Susie outside of Countdown. Well, I saw her somewhere, and I, I don't, well, I don't know where it was. But no, I did the, the rules about appearing on different channels. I mean, that was that was the rule in the seventies and the eighties. But now anybody can appear on any channel. You know, I'm going to be on BBC Jersey next week. Yeah, BBC <laughs> Local Radio. No word yet. Yes, I'm. I'm being interviewed next Wednesday on BBC Bloody Jersey. I can't wait. I thought you hated the BBC after they sucked you from Free County. No, I'm 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 a little bit bitter about what they did, and I think they handled it terribly. But I still I still generally come down on the side of the BBC, and I'm being interviewed on there. I'm, I I couldn't be more thrilled, genuinely. Well, would you be welcome back at WM after? Nah, <laughs> not while she's still there. No, I don't. I think Martin. Uh, who? No, Caroline, no, 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 me and Caroline got on very, very well. No, no, no. Um, but next next Wednesday at 10 to 12, I'm going to be on uh, BBC Jersey, or 20 to 12. I should probably check the time and, and find out in case I missed that window. Anyway, Alan, thanks for calling. I'll be, I'll be listening on the iPlayer radio app. No, thank you very much indeed. There we go, you see. Oh, wait, 444-499-1000. If you want to give us a call. Yes, Rashid. Ian, I'm feeling really spunky. Well, you are a truck driver. All right. Um, full of spunk, and I want to hand my CV in to do the um, correspondence for The Apprentice. Did you watch it tonight? I can't. I'm driving. There we go, you see, Rashid. You've fallen at the first hurdle. The second hurdle is we want someone who's not calling us from a bloody truck so I don't have to keep riding their fader. Oh my God, that's right, that's right. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. That's and also, Rashid, I'm a massive yeah. racist. No, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> you spunkist. I'm a spunkist. No, uh, Rashid. Hey, hey, Ian, Ian. Yes. Do you know who else has got um, depression and they have counselling and therapy? I don't know who else has got depression. Somebody and has... big from the BBC. Um, I don't know. Oh, Rashid, I can't... Uh, listen, I can't talk to you when it's that noisy. Paxman. Jeremy Paxman. Has he? OK, fine. I can't listen. I can't... It's too noisy. It's too noisy, isn't it? Oh, it's noisy. <sighs> let's try Jim. Let's see. Let's hope Jim's a little bit quieter. Yes, Jim. And let's all laugh at Jeremy Paxman's depression. Oh, I don't <laughs> think we were going to... Well, no, I don't think he was laughing at him. <laughs> oh, you're laughing at him. I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm not laughing at him. Ian, what do you think of Jem's car, then? Um, wow, you've really... Well, I think, I think that he knows a secret, and that's 
how he's moved forward. Yeah, so he, he knows the secret of, of uh, comedy and timing. Yeah, but he doesn't know the secret of comedy and timing. What's what's funny that he's ever been in? I'm not a fan of his, but I'm also aware we're trying to make this show celebratory, but I'm not a fan oh, of his. I'm deeply, deeply envious of his career. Yeah, every, everyone should be. Deeply envious. But imagine if you just knew some kind of secret, and, and yeah. that's why. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Well. Because, because it, every one of his shows, apart from Gavin and Stacey, which was mainly driven by Rob Brydon, has been a flop. Uh, there was the thing with well, Matthew well, Horn, well, terrible. well, no, no, they've not, that. no, they've not all been a flop. The sports quiz on Sky has been very successful. Yeah, the lowest common denominator thing. Well, yeah, no, so. no, 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 hang on a minute, you, no, because you you said that everything he'd done had been a flop, and then the thing that then I, I, I mentioned something that's actually been very successful. I think it's done like five, six, seven series. You then yeah. say, "Oh, it's lowest common denominator," but well, that's that's different from from not from being unsuccessful, that's and also the show that he does in America is hugely successful. Well, obviously that's what I mean. But that's that's the end point. That's what's come. What's next? I wonder. I wonder. Like uh, more, more movies. He's done movies. He'll do some more, yeah, movies. more movies. I think he might do proper movies. I think he might be like a lethal weapon in the reboot. Of why? Like um, why are you so angry about James Corden? <laughs> Why is everyone so angry about James Corden? Well, they're, no, they're not. They're not, Jim. It's just you. People I've spoken to. People I've spoken to are Ian. Say that again. I said people I've spoken to are. Well, we we we, we, angry. we surround it's ourselves. Funny. We surround ourselves with people that have similar opinions to ourselves, don't we? Well, there are people in in this world that I think, oh, I'm surprised they've not done better. Uh, yourself's included in that, yeah, Ian. I, thank you. I think you know you're doing very well for yourself, but you're not in. No. You're not uh, hosting an American TV show or anything, no, but I, no. I thought you would be by now. But um, what about um, Daniel Kitson or... Um, but Daniel Kitson... Paul Foote. Well, well, Paul Foote and Daniel Kitson, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Paul Foote. Um, Daniel Kitson, I, I, do you know, I've never yeah. seen Daniel Kitson, but I know that I'd like him, because lots of people I know keep saying, well, you must check him out. Um, but they are... Well, they're never going to be big... And then, I mean, they're never going to be cordon big, because they are way too left of of the mainstream. Yeah, they're they I mean, Paul Foot is Paul Foot. Those who don't know, is a stand up, right? But he's just he's just odd, but he's brilliant, and I think he's hilarious. He um, funny. He's brilliant, but he's he's just too odd. Imagine him on Michael McIntyre's comedy road show. <laughs> It just yeah. wouldn't work, would it? I don't know whether it would. He's very funny. He's been on some of those shows. Uh, not that one. But um, I think he's been on 8 out of 10 Cats or something like that. Or, yeah, no, he'd do well in that. that. 8 out of 10 <laughs> Cats allows for a certain amount of whimsy. And Paul Foot yeah. is very whimsical. You remember Dan Eyre? Dan Eyre? Dan Eyre. No, I don't the, the, it was an aircraft company like Virgin. Oh, Dan, uh, well, there's well, there's a quantum leap. We're going not from Dan obscure. Dare. We're, not going, Dan Dare. we're going from obscure comedians, and then you mention an aircraft company that actually has a human being's name. Okay, do I remember Dan Air? Yes. Good, good fun, weren't they? What the hell have you been smoking tonight, James? Well, you always ask me that. Well, because you've got you bouncing all over the place, man. Well, what it is is that I've taken notes before I've come on air, because I always forget what I've got to say. So then I take a small amount of notes. I've got Dan Air there. I've got Halloween. Right, well, hang on a minute. Let's focus on... Let's, just, got, go, uh, let's just go back Orson to... Orson Welles drunk. We're not getting that far. Tell me about Dan Air. Why did you want to mention Dan Air? 
just good times, just just happy times, cheap flights to the med, <laughs> lovely, um, poor food, poor, poor service. But what made you? When did you write this list? This 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 century? I was waiting when. Right. So you're so you're as you're waiting. You're at death. Do you what? want to else on the list? What? Do you want to else on the list? No. I, I want to know why Dan Air is on the list. It's on there. What there. made you think? Dungeons and Dragons. That's on the list. Right. What made Drum you? Drum and bass. All the D's. Yeah. Dan Air. Drum and bass. What made Dungeons you think of? What made you think of Dan Air? I just, uh, just remember it. The happy you just remember of, uh... it, but if you're going to write... So you, when you're on the phone waiting to talk to me, you just write a list of memories. Do you want the, the final D, Ian? I do, actually, now, yeah. Yeah, Daisy Donovan. <laughs> yeah. Well... We're very quiet on that side of the line. Well, because I've got... N- I, literally, I'm, I'm scared if I say the wrong thing that there's going to be a killing frenzy within a mile <laughs> radius of your house. Ian Clowns. Yes. What's going on? Nothing's going on, Jim. Absolutely nothing's going on. It's a clown. It, n- the whole clown thing is nonsense, guys. Don't buy into it. If this clown thing is actually happening, right, why has there only been one video from CCTV footage? Why haven't, considering... Everything is filmed now. You know, if you get like a drunk woman on a train being racist, filmed. You know, if um, you get um, like a badger saving a, a baby fox, a fox slit, filmed. Everything is filmed, right? Because we've all got high definition uh, cameras in our pockets, right? So if that's the case, why haven't we seen loads of video shot in portrait? of clowns attacking we haven't have we you know why because it's not happening it's a complete myth whipped up by the mainstream media who want someone to be murdered or sexually assaulted by a clown that's what they want they want a dead teenager that was murdered by a clown, right? And and then the newspapers will be happy, right? So to make sure this happens, what they're doing is they keep running stories with stock footage of zombie clowns taken from the internet. Some have even been posed for the newspapers. Some are from America. And they write these stories. I have not seen... One bit of mobile phone footage of a clown on the rampage because it's not happening. They're lying to you guys. They are lying. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Here we go. Oh, we'll, we'll do this in a second. Let's have a quick break. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So, um, we've all got different stories. My, now, my kids haven't mentioned the clown thing. Kath, come in and um, tell us about your little girl, because I think your little girl's... We've got an email here from Teresa. If you go to talkradio.co.uk, you can send me an email and I will get it. The kids at the school where I teach are obsessed with this clown nonsense. We watched news round this morning, and they even had a special bulletin 
to reassure that they were all quite safe and not likely to get jumped on by a man in a mask. Feel so much better now I have seen it. Now, your youngest? Eldest. Eldest. She's oh, eight. okay. She's the sensible of the two yeah, lunatics. She is. Um, she's a bit worried by the whole clown. She was talking to me about it. Well, I don't, can't work out whether she's worried. She's obviously preoccupied about it, right? Because she was taking great delight this morning. Or was it fear? <laughs> in telling me about how her friend Hannah had told her that she'd seen a clown in Bedford yeah. and he had a knife. Wow. He had a knife. Now, that's not true, is it? No. And and the reason why she was telling me this is because she told me I had a I had a nightmare last night, Mummy. I said, yeah. "What's that about?" She said, "About a clown. He had a knife." I said, "Where on earth have you heard about this?" And I was, I was annoyed. Yeah. I was annoyed that, but it appears, having spoken to some of some of the other mums in the playground once I got to school, they're all talking about it. Now Scott, who is a regular contributor to this show, Scott Balcony. He sent me a, a, a WhatsApp, WhatsApp, saying that his boy thinks it's the coolest thing that's ever happened and he totally loves it and he's obsessed with the stories. Well, I was thinking about it and this yeah. is the way the conversation went in the playground with my mate Sarah. Yeah. Isn't it ridiculous that it's going, you know, one of the parents has obviously told the kids and the kids are spreading it like wildfire. But when we were growing up, we had those stories. We had urban myths that went round. Yeah. You know, like the, the man under the bed that would lick your hand and all that stuff. What? Oh, God, that's a horrible story. Do you want me to tell you it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's this story, and it's always a friend of a friend, isn't oh, it? Oh, wait, 444991000, by the way. So this friend of a friend, you know, she was in bed at home, and um, and she was uh, alone. Yeah. Inexplicably, they never give you the background. Um, but what used to make her feel better every night when she went to bed alone was um, putting her hand under the bed, and her dog would lick her hand. Yeah. So she did that, and the dog licked her hand, and yeah, she went to sleep. Yeah. And then in the middle of the night, she heard this dripping. Oh. So she went into the bathroom. Yeah. Turned the light on. Dead dog. Well, how did it die? Cut open. Okay. You right? need and to the reason it. why it's dripping is because it's upside down in okay. the shower, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Horrible. It's a horrible story. Yeah. And then on the wall, smeared in the dog's blood, it says, "Mad men can lick hands too." Which would have taken quite that a That is a lot of blood writing. Yeah. I don't think a dog has enough blood to do it, unless it's tiny, tiny letters. Well, I mean, exactly. You said smeared, though. That, to me, implies the letters were at you least... You know, in a mad way. Yeah, ah! two, two, three inches. I mean, mad men. No, I don't... Anyway, just one of them stories, right? Yeah. And that went round the yeah. school. That happened. Well, it was, for us, it was paedophiles. Right. Oh wait, four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number. Um, it's the clown clown hotline. How can I help you? Can I go now? Yes, you can. Thank you, Gatford. Hello there. Still alive. Hello? Still, Still alive. there. Still fighting, alive. Fighting off the uh, whatever it is. Yes. Hip hip hip. Hip hip hip. What kind of cake? Um, Battenberg. There we go. I agree with Alan. Yeah. Uh, not often people say that. Uh, Ian, I've had an epiphany. I'm sorry to hear that, mate, but they, I think they they can no, no. make the end as, as painless as possible now. Epiphany. Okay. Yeah, I it, think we're when... alone now. <laughs> That's quite good. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad. <laughs> bit, bit tired tonight, Gatford, so it's going to yeah. be... A, I reckon instead of an A1, it's going to be a B2 tonight. Oh, okay. That's, but that's still, a, still better than... That's fair enough. Still better than the other rubbish that's on right now. I mean, what, what are you on right now? I mean, not that I want to go and listen to it, but yeah. it's probably turgid, and, and they're probably talking about Marmite, aren't they? Here's Everyone the thing, right? I can't work out the Marmite versus Tesco, the Unilever versus Tesco, right? 
Yeah. I can't work out which one of those guys is the ba- are the bad guys in it. Because they're both huge multinational corporations. Yeah. And it's all about money. And now it's been solved anyway. How much are they paying? <laughs> they wanted 10%. Did they get 10%? Did they get 5%? Did they get no percent? What happened? What was the negotiation? And who's the bad guys? And that's the thing that someone said to me earlier, that they thought more people might go to Tesco's because they felt sorry. You know, they felt like, oh, yeah, they're standing up for us. No. They're commercially trying to get a lot of money out of this. Of course, if either of those products are... Uh, uh, of course, yes. Then I suggest yes. you go out and get as much as you can. But I just couldn't... I, 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 of course, it's all, and it's, it, it is all about money. It, it was weird because I think it's one of those stories, uh, one of those very rare stories... Well, actually, there's, there's another story in the newspapers today that's the where it's two bad guys. It's two bad yeah. guys. And the other one, of course, is um, um, uh, 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 Boris Johnson versus Russia. Yeah, which side do you take there? Well, okay. you know, <laughs> I'll probably... Can we send t- Boris Johnson to Russia and solve the whole problem? I'll probably take Russia's side in that. If I'm completely honest, yeah. you know, um, we should have... Uh, we missed a trick here. When Boris Johnson called for people to go and um, protest outside the Russian embassy, this is what we should have done. We should have all gone and done a protest against Boris Johnson outside the Russian embassy. That's what we should have done. Yeah, all worn haircuts like him and, and spoken in, in posh accents. It's only taken me three days to come up with that brilliant idea that other people have probably already done. Yeah, health and, health and safety then probably carry that but, out. Um, the, yeah, the Unilever and... Uh, but, but also, right, isn't it weird that the same company that makes Persil yeah. is also the same company that makes Marmite? Is also the same company that makes PG tips. I just I, and pot noodle and pot noodle. Well, pot noodle could fit into all of those categories. Well, that's true. I, I just think it's really odd that I kind of thought I'm so naive. I kind of thought Persil was made by like a soap powder company, and that that, that PG tips was made by the little Tetley tea men. And um, well, no, it'd be monkeys, wasn't it? PG tips, chips. Um, who were the What's Tetley tea folk? Oh, the Tetley tea folk were Tetleys. Tetley, yeah. The PG Tits ones are the, are the, the speaking chimps. They were the, they were the monkeys. Apparently it's not, um, done anymore to dress up a monkey and get him to carry a piano up the stairs to a flat. Although, really? um, London Zoo today, you heard what happened at London Zoo? I heard that, um, they, 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 um, experimented with, uh, animals on the outside of cages. They lock everybody... I would love to have been there for this, although I don't like I don't like zoos. I don't agree with them, but I'd love to have been locked. Everyone was locked in the cafe at London Zoo. Why a giant monkey, maybe even a gorilla or an ape, was wandering around cock of the walk? Unbelievable! Can you Thing imagine is, though, that the, the footage would be great off on the mobile phones, wouldn't it? Oh man! And the thing is, right, because the the people that that you you'd be locked in the cafe, right, by the people that work in the cafe. Now, I don't know a lot about law, right? right. But I... It's it's almost like, you know when there's building work going on, any one of the builders apparently has the legal right to stop all the traffic for ten minutes to let his mate in a, in a digger come out? Well, uh... I don't think that the people, the staff in the canteen at London Zoo have the authority to keep you under lock and key. So I would demand, I would have demanded to have been released. And I'd have gone out and I'd have hunted that great ape and I would have jumped on his back and ridden him. What what, uh, what weaponry would you have used? Wouldn't use, wouldn't use a weapon. I would show him. First of all, I'd get my penis out. 
You get, you've got to, you, you, you've got to show these guys who's the boy. You want to be the alpha male? You got to start doing some alpha male things. Okay. I'd have got my dinky out, and then I'd have jumped on his back, and I'd have um, ridden him, ridden him roughshod around London Zoo. I'd have ridden that monkey hard. That's so, what I would have done, and I would have been king of the monkeys. You know, when they come with the pellet gun, they probably would have been aiming for you then, not the monkey. But no, that no, 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 no. The, monkey, the monkey would have been my friend by the end of it, and I'd have walked him hand in hand into his cage, and I said, I'm sorry, I have to do this, but don't worry, one day we will come for you. And then I'd locked like him in there. There's almost like a mini movie in that. No, no, no. No, there is. No, no, I, I could see. Go on, t- tell, me about, tell me about it. Go on. Well, no, but the, mon- the monkey gets out, it's chaos. You. The star come out of the cafe because you don't believe in. Let's just enjoy the silence, can we? Just for a second, just for a second. <sighs> That's better. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. A bit later on, we'll play the um, interview I did with David Icke a couple of months ago, because um, lots of you may have missed it, and uh, it, it, I think it's quite nice. It will be unlike for the new listeners. It'll be unlike any David Icke interview you've heard before. Um, might change your opinion of him. Might not. I don't know, but it certainly won't be like any interview you've heard before. And um, yeah, we'll play that a bit later on. Rory. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Aloha from Hawaii. Would you like me to be your apprentice correspondent? I've watched The Apprentice for years, and I love it. Well, already, you're doing much better than the other chances we had on, neither of whom had seen The Apprentice. Yeah, I watched it this evening while I was doing the hoovering, but, oh, like, uh, yeah, so it was good. Did you like it? <laughs> Is that? I tell you what. Let's. Um, I, I. I haven't got the Apprentice theme, but I've got some music that's very similar. So let me play. Um, okay, right. It's it's kind of it's kind of similar. Why don't you give us a little audition piece, a little little Apprentice update? Make it sound fun. Make it sound spunky. Rory, over to you. Well, the interesting thing about The Apprentice this year is that there have been three instances so far of women crying and having meltdowns. Not just women, don't want to be sexist, but there have also been, there have been women getting embarrassed in front of Lord Sugar, uh, going outside to have panic attacks. Uh, quite a nice moment where um, the, the uh, what do you call her, what do you call her, the um, Alan Sugar's uh, lovely assistant, she'd calmed the woman down and she would sort of a very human side to herself, rather than all the dirty looks and things. Um, there was some aggression as well. A man called Karthik is being accused of being aggressive by lots of the other people. There was a very stunning woman called Jessica, and she was a bit of an alpha female. There was a Scottish woman who had a bit of a meltdown as well and got quite aggressive. So aggression and meltdowns, fluffing... And um, a bit of creativity seemed to be the order of the day with this series of The Apprentice, so really business as usual, I think, Ian. Did you say there was a man called Karsik? There is a man called Karsik. His full name, Car- actually... Karsik? Yeah, K-A-R-T-H-I-K-N-A-G... And it's pronounced Karsik? It's pronounced Karsik, yeah. It's Karsik? Karsik Nagazen, who is the owner of an IT consultancy. Are you saying Karsik? Car-sick. T-H. You're saying Karsik? 
Carsick, yeah. Carsick? Carsick. Wow. Um, uh, okay. You're, who got voted off tonight? I didn't see it, because we, we missed the, la- the, the last few minutes. Oh. We have to come in and do this rubbish. Well, nobody actually won. Both of the advertisements yeah, that they that. produced that. were terrible. Know, Answer the question, and Rory. The question wasn't that. The question was, <laughs> who, got, who got voted off? Uh, Natalie, the Scottish woman. Which one was she? She was the Scottish woman who was being Scottish. Okay, I don't. There was. I was watching it, and they're all stood in um, print, the, the Alan Sugar's living room or whatever it is, and there were there was a woman in there who I'd, I'd never seen before. Just stood there, tiny yeah. little woman in a red dress. I'm thinking, I've not. She's not even been in it. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of lurkers in the background this season. I think uh, they should really be weeded out by Lord Sugar. Quite that soon. is. Um, well, listen, Mark, here's here's how you win. The, here's how you get to the final of The Apprentice. Well, I can't give you any more advice than this, guys. Once you get to the final, you're on your own. Okay. Here's how you get to the final. Week one, you put yourself forward to be um, chairman of the team straight away. No questions asked. Straight away, I'll do it. No, I want to do it. You, the chairman of the teams from week one never gets voted off by Alan Sugar because they've shown balls. They've shown bravery in putting their name for, forward, right? And then what you do, you just kind of hang out in the back a little bit until the final. And then you're in the final. That's my, that's my theory, Rory. Yeah, um, but that uh, yeah, it, sometimes that works. Often I thought that the poor bald men get um, voted off in the first couple of se- in the first uh, yeah. show. Um, but I have other theories. If you'd like to hear them over the next twelve weeks, Rory, you're on the list. Maybe we'll speak to you next week. Uh, stay tuned to find out if you've won. Thank you. Uh, we are looking for very very hot in here. Very hot in here. Um, can you see if the fan is on? I don't I don't understand how anyone can broadcast a radio show in such excessive heat. We're looking for an apprentice correspondent. You've got to have spunk, guys. Is it blowing out cool air? Should be. Hey. I, okay. As you as the door opened, I felt a waft of it, so we might be all right, but um it, it takes it's, it's an hour into the show and it's still sweating. Um we're looking for an apprentice correspondent just because uh it feels like we're we're becoming part of the zeitgeist by doing that. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand. Yes, Hannah. Beep, 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 hip, 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 bum bum bum. There we go. All right. Yeah. Um the clown thing. Yes. Um have you heard of Cuckoo the Clown? No. Oh, he was a very famous clown in, in the 90s. Cuckoo? Cuckoo the Clown. No clowns were famous in the 90s. Yeah, he died, well, he died in 1974. In, he he, hang much. on, he, in, he died in 1974? Yeah. But he was famous in the 90s? Yeah, well, he was born in 1900. I don't know. Uh, anyway. No, hang on, hang on. You said he was famous in the 90s? Yeah, well, he's But he died, died in, in the 70s? Sorry, yeah, not... Uh, what? He was born 1900. When was he famous? I'm getting confused now. I'm, you're getting confused? I've had a drink. No, I thought so. I can <laughs> smell it from here. <laughs> how, could, well, how could he be famous in the 90s when he died 20 oh, years? I know, I know. I'm getting confused. Anyway, ignore me. Oh, well... Anyway... Oh, that makes it easier. He... He's buried around the corner from me. 
But I've never heard of him. Okay, sorry. When was he famous? Um, he was quite. He was um, famous all around the, um, Great Britain. He was quite a British clown. What was he called? Cuckoo the Clown. How are you spelling cuckoo? C O C O. Type it in. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> My four-year-old, right, is five, fair play, he's five in January, but he's just started reading and he's brought these little cards home today with a picture of something and a three-letter word and you have to, he has to match it up. And so it's words like f- at n- fan or um, r- at rat, right? If I was to write to my, if I was to get my four-year-old and go, hey, have a look at this, son. Oh, hang C- on, I think it's K- K-O-K-O. Right, okay. Okay, even easier. And it's cuckoo, right? I'd say, right, son, have a look at this. K-O is k-o-k-o. How would you read that? And he'd go, he'd look at it for a minute and he'd go, Coco? And I'd say, yeah, yeah. And I'd say to him, you sure it's not cuckoo? And he'd go, no, that would be k-o-o, k-o-o. Right. So what I'm saying is, it's Coco the clown that everybody's heard of. Yeah. Not Cuckoo the Clown. All right. I'm an idiot. Well, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just think that maybe when <laughs> when when uh, when the booze comes out, maybe it's... Maybe I, it's, I, maybe I it's, normally drink, but I... I maybe it's... Like... Maybe it would be sensible. If you if you and Ray are thinking, oh, let's actually have a little uh, snifter tonight. Before we do, let's lock our phones in a safe. <laughs> That's what I think you should do. Now, have you heard of him now? What? Do you know of him now? Um, do I know of him now? Coco the Clown. Yeah, everyone knows of Coco the Clown. He was famous in the 90s. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Hannah. Um, <laughs> She's thinking of uh, My Cuckoo Chew by uh, Alvin Stardust, of course. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Ray. 0844-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. The clown thing is in some of the papers again today, and I don't... I just... How long is this... How long do we, do we think? Another week of this clown nonsense? James Max saying, uh, uh, tweeting me, I don't think I'm qualified to be your apprentice correspondent. You're correct, Max, you're not. Did you win The Apprentice, Max? I don't think so. Um, fair play, neither of did, did Rory now I think of it. Um, how long do you think this clown nonsense will go on for? I don't think it, 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 maybe it's got another week. They want a murder. The papers want someone to be murdered by a, by a clown and then they'll be happy. You know, then they'll be, uh, happy. Um, I'm going to the, uh, cosplay event. Um, Okay. I'm going to the uh, cosplay event in a couple of weeks, and I'm not going to go as a clown. That would be ridiculous. But I think I am going to go as Shaggy. Shaggy is like Coslight. You know, it's because uh, it, it's what is it? It's brown flares and a green T-shirt. And you and I was doing the walk today. I had the walk. I, had, I can't do it now because I'm sat down. But uh, I had the walk down pat, as they say, uh, uh, Don Lamerique. 
And um, I think I might go as that. I think I, I think I can pull Shaggy off. I think I don't think I could pull Scooby off, but I think I could probably pull Shaggy off. So I think that's what I'm going to go for. So I, t- t- tomorrow, remind me tomorrow, Catherine. After we've spoken to John Lydon, John Lydon's coming on the show, interviewing him at six forty. I think I've got my ha- head around how we're going to what the interview's going to be. I've made notes. I don't always make notes for interviews, right? But I've made notes for John Lydon. Okay. This is how the John Lydon interview. I'm hoping will go. He may not play the game. He might. So these are the topic of conversation, probably in this order. We've got to talk about. He's doing, Public Image Limited are doing some tours, a, a tour, and they've got um, a re-release of um, is it Metal Box? Is that it? Um, th- th- that's coming out, right? So we'll talk about that. Of course, of course, I'm more than happy to do that. But the, the, I don't want to talk about punk. Certainly don't want to talk about the Sex Pistols. This is my running order for my interview with uh, with um, uh, John Lydon. I'm going to read it out as I've written it. Judge Judy. Malcolm McLaren's son, Joe. Savile. Because you know he... he, Stage fright. Marine biology. Lockerbie. Gary Glitter. Now, very rarely, unless I'm talking to a copper or someone who's written a book about it, very rarely do um, two uh, um, convicted... Well, no, not convicted. Savile wasn't convicted, but t- two notorious paedophiles get mentioned in an interview with an interviewee, particularly if they're a singer. Very rarely. So this could be a first. Um, but that's the... Um, you know, John Lydon and his wife were booked to be on the flight that we now refer to as Lockerbie, you know, as, as that flight. They were booked to go on that flight. But because his wife was rubbish at packing suitcases... Um, and they get, I, I make up, they get a bit OCD about packing suitcases. They didn't pack in time. So he just cancelled the flight, cancelled the tickets and, and um, or he didn't cancel it, he booked tickets for, an, for the next day. And they stayed in bed and turned their phones off. And of course the plane exploded over Lockerbie and everyone, all their friends and family thought they were on it. Isn't that insane? Anyway, so tomorrow, John Lydon. Then I go online and I order a, a shaggy outfit. I think I can do it. I, th- I think I might get changed there. I don't think I can get the train dressed as a Scooby-Doo character. I don't think I, I've got quite got the balls to do that. But it's all for a little documentary that me and Catherine are, are making. <sighs> are you going as Velma? Are you actually going to do it? Hi, Chihuahua. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Um, an hour is. Where has that gone, guys? Give us a call now. Now is an excellent time. Uh, you'll speak to Catherine. She will call you back, and we'll speak to you after the news. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Talk Radio. Do you ever click on your new followers? I do sometimes. Is who it is? I've just been followed by the Snake Babe who's a magician, fire-eater, snake guardian, and slut. Gosh, that's uh, some CV, isn't it? This is the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Get ready for the key change. 
people try oh. to take my soul away. I don't hear the rap that they all say. They try to tell us we don't belong. That's alright, we're million strong. This is my music, it makes me proud. These are my people, and this is my crowd. They go crazy, 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 crazy nights. They are crazy, 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 crazy nights. Sometimes days are so hard to survive. what he's trying to do i think i know who he's, try- he's trying to be petra hayden who uh, is this incredible um musician who um does that like infinitely better she did a, a whole acapulco version of the uh who's album the who sell out the whole album acapulco and she does an amazing version of god only knows which i'll play a bit later on but i think that's who he's trying to be i, I think he's he's playing it straight i think he's serious um and it's brilliant. I couldn't do that. It reminds me of um it reminds me of Wild Man Fisher. It reminds me of, of Frank Sidebottom to a certain extent. Because you know, Frank would do all the backing vocals and all the harmonies and all the different voices in in the background. Um so it reminds me of that. And his his channel has got something like let me see how many videos it's got. Oh, I don't know how you, you get it to tell you. It, it's something like fifteen hundred videos and most of them are uploaded uploaded in the last two weeks and no one's watched them loads of them have got no views that's my weekend sorted mate i tell you i'm getting stuck into that i am getting stuck into that i've sent him a message hopefully hopefully we'll get the the uh antichrist choir on the show See if we can get him to perform live, maybe, one night. That Wouldn't that be awesome? 0844 499 1000. It's talk radio. Um, Late-night phoning show, unlike any other late-night phoning show, in that you can call in about anything you want. We'll have a little look in the papers in a bit. In a bit. Um, uh, coming up later, we will play the interview I did with David Icke a few weeks ago. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, we've talked about clowns and we've talked uh, about um, uh, The Apprentice and we've talked about whatever you want to talk about. It really is. It's uh, it, it's a free-for-all. I will sit here and you can call in. Thank you, Ed. You can call in literally about anything you want. The only rules are you can't be libelous and you can't swear. That's it. The rest of it, I mean, call about anything you want. So if if you feel that I am um, uh, missing out something huge that needs to be discussed, uh, well, you can call in about that. You, I, you know, I, I don't want to give you too many pointers because, um, I, 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 you know, I, I, lit- I want this to kind of be organic. I'm also aware... That this week there's been a I don't know something happening this week there's been a drop in phone calls this week we've had like period like like this first we've had it we get an hour where it's really busy and today it was this the first hour uh, yesterday it was the second hour the day before it was the second hour uh, and then either side of it it's a little bit you know there's, there's enough calls to tick over but there's there's not that many so I don't know um, if that's an indicator that. Um, you're bored of this thing i don't know if it's if it, that's it or if there's something going on is there something i don't know is they, are they showing um first blood part rambo part one is that is that on telly this week oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand yes jonathan hello what kind of cake chocolate of course my uh boy had carrot cake today and i can never i, I don't get carrot cake it's uh, i i enjoy a mouthful of it but that's it i wouldn't want any more than a mouthful of it you won't eat carrot cake or any carrot you won't eat a carrot why is that because, because it's phallic no i don't like vegetables okay i like carrots and and, and sometimes when i go on my health kicks I'll, I'll be often be seen uh, swinging a big bag of carrots around town as I chomp on them. Um, I've got a friend called Justin. He wouldn't eat a carrot because it looks like a penis. Right. Same reason he won't eat a banana. He won't eat any any food long. Oh well. So if he had a hot that's dog, his choice. It, it is his choice. If he had a hot dog, he'd have to sit down and eat it with a knife and fork. <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. What you got for us, Jonathan? I just want to clear up a, a misconception that uh, you and some of your listeners have about me. Con- contrary to your um, uh, cherished beliefs, I am not Darth Vader, and you are not Luke Skywalker trying to save me from the dark side in Return of the Jedi. You I... can't turn. You can't turn me because I don't need to be turned. I'm not the lady's thing. not for turning. Well, Jonathan, can I correct you? What? I don't think I don't. I've never thought that. Of course you have. You said uh, you you said a number of times. Uh, you'll get there. You'll break me down. You'll brainwash me in effect. Uh, well, no, 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 another... no, 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 Jonathan. If you're going to accuse me of stuff, then 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 don't don't make stuff up. I've never said I'm going to brainwash you. No, and I've never uh, said I'm going to break you down. And when I've said I'm going to get there, I've not said where I in- where I intend to get. You've made up a narrative, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Dark Side Lights. You've you've made up a narrative. You have no idea what I mean by that. So so you're incorrect. Your your premise is wrong. Well, well, well whatever uh, your intention is, I am not Darth Vader. I am not a member of the Sith. 
What? It is actually the people who are saying that are the cis themselves trying to justify their own behaviour. And I what? just happen to be Roshank out of Watchmen. What? Well, no, you're not, because you, you are... Um, <sighs> do you want to have this conversation? Hello? Yeah, do you want to have this conversation? Yeah, go ahead. You are an arsehole online. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, there is. There is. There's a lot wrong with it. There is a lot wrong with it. So, you, I, I, I have to, um, I, I don't, I, I, I've not seen The Watchmen. I've read the book, but I don't remember it very well. Um, but I, I'm not going to allow you to cast yourself as some kind of, um, I don't even know what you're trying to cast yourself as, but you're, 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 you're you're certainly, if you want to play, you know, good guys, bad guys, you're certainly not one of, uh, you, your behaviour is certainly not, not that befitting someone who is neutral or one of the good guys. I think deep down you are one of the good guys, and I think that whatever happened to you when you were young, whether it was beatings, whether it was being sexually abused, whether it was just being ignored and it was covert abuse as opposed to overt abuse, I think whatever has happened there has caused you to, to um, project being an arsehole. But um, you you do say obnoxious things, and you you do have to be um, people have to be reminded of that when you're trying to portray yourself as as being a good guy. I never said I was a good guy, and I, I just said I wasn't a bad guy. Okay, well, d- d- you you d- you do post a lot of bad things that are that are really offensive, really nasty, and you've said bad things on this show as well. And also, well, not, it's also match of opinion. No, no, no. You say some bad things. Um, also. Um, uh, not everyone's thinking about you. Well, all I'm all I'm just trying to do is clean up a, a misconception. Well, no, but there's no, there's no, there's no misconception. Well, actually, there is. Well, no, there isn't because misconception isn't a word. Well, it, there are misconceptions, and I just want to clear it up. Well, but by whom? Where are these misconceptions coming from? Uh, from some of your listeners. Well, uh, how do you know? Have they spoken to you? I do enjoy you? some of the uh, psychobabble that they come out with about me. Well, where, where have you... It's all, where have it's you... all predicated on the conspiracy theory. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. That, Jonathan, Jonathan, somehow... Jonathan, 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 you're, you're, you're paranoid, man. You were so full of life yesterday. I'm assuming you got your meds because today you are, you're, you're a paranoid, rambling uh, wreck. Where is everybody talking about you? Uh, on Facebook and Twitter, they, they, they seem to think that I've been brainwashed by Nazis and that I'm a neo-Nazi because it's the only sort of companionship I, I get. That's, well, why, don't that's you go into, why don't you go and discuss this with them? I've not seen people say that you're brainwashed. Because I want it made clear to the widest possible oh, no, audience. No one's listening. When you come on, let's be honest, when you come on, people go and make a cup of tea or go or turn it off and go to bed. Oh, that's good. Well, it's true. I mean, I, you know, I'm the only person that enjoys our conversations. Well, I, ju- I just wanted to clear up the misconception. But no, but, but no I, honestly, I everyone's have not... going to have, have, have a bath. They put the taking the dog for a quick walk. When you come on, I, I get so many emails going, oh, God, really? Uh, so, it, it's uh, you know, I enjoy our conversations. But, um, you know, once this conversation is over, I'll be thinking about the next person that calls in. That's fair enough. Yeah. So but I'm not a Sith Lord, I'm not a neo-Nazi, I'm not no... someone who needs to be saved from but the no, dark Jonathan, side. Jonathan, 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 people haven't said that. 
That's what they're implying. No, they're not. I've seen about two comments on the talk. Are you talking about the talk radio face, talk radio listeners Facebook page? That was one of them. Right. I've seen about two or three comments on there about you in total. And I have a look at it, you know, every other day or so. And there's about two or three comments about you. And most of them are going, oh, God, I hate it when he comes on. Well, you know how I feel when Susie Boniface is on the Five Live hit list. Okay, I don't even know. I don't even know what that who she is or what that program is or or or, or anything. Um, but but Jonathan, I just think you need to um, just um, realize that in in the great scheme of things, in terms of uh, this, I realize that, that I'm an insect, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to allow a misconception. There is no to become, uh, reality. But, well, no, but you're, you're 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 imagining that people are talking about you when they're not talking about you. Well, of course, I'm I'm a neurotic, paranoid uh, freak. I, I I've always been honest about that. Okay. Well, your paranoia is certainly um, displaying itself to the you, max. You have to. You have to be phone par- call. You have to be paranoid to be a fan of Alex Jones, anyway. Okay. Well, I've got no idea what you're you're, you're go and have a lie down, love, because you're you're rambling even more than usual. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm enjoying that interview. I, anyone? Anyone know what happened there? Oh man! I, I'll be honest, guys. We've got no more phone calls lined up. Oh, we've got well, one's phoning. We've got one person phoning in now. One person does not make forty-five minutes of radio. So, um, unless you want to hear me just sit here and go through the papers like a boring old fart, uh, now would be an excellent time to call in. Oh eight four four. Four nine nine one thousand. I mean, Lee, this is talk radio. The wild man of late night radio is back. Ian Lee on talk radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh wait, four four. Thank you. Look, you're loads of you are calling in. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Ray, Scott, Liam, stay there. I'll come to you in a minute. Kyle's up first. Good evening, Kyle. Evening. You okay? What kind of cake? Uh, what kind of cake? It would have to be a and cappuccino cake. Can I, can I just say, I noticed, right, and I noticed it. Can I just say something, Kyle? I oh. noticed that a gentleman came into the studio where uh, Catherine and Ed were working, and he'd had a de- delivery of muffins. I recognise the packaging. I've sent those muffins to people. It's a great... Pe- someone has a baby, the best thing you can send them is a bit... You can send them a big sort of bouquet of muffins, right? It's brilliant, okay. right? It's brilliant because it means because when you have a baby, loads of people pop in just for a cup of tea and stuff, and you don't have to worry about feeding them. You go here, have a muffin. They'll get sent loads of onesies and teddies and nap, all of that stuff. They get that stuff. Your gift will stand out, right? So this gentleman brought in what was obviously um, a, a big bouquet of muffins, right? Delicious. Mm-hmm. And I saw Catherine take one. I saw Ed take one. And that's where the exchanges, that's where it ended, Kyle. That's where it ended. Right. My my team couldn't be bothered to say to the lad who brought it in, thanks, do you mind if we take one for Ian, the presenter, who's knackered today because he's had a long day with the kids. He only had three hours sleep. Three and a half hours sleep, and he's going to get three and a half hours sleep tomorrow. Is there any chance we could take one for him, just so we could have a little bit of a boost and feel loved, and not feel like everybody's laughing behind his back? I couldn't even do that for me, mate. 
Imagine, imagine working with people as cold as that. Well, I, I find that quite. That is quite cold. Can it is genuinely, I, genuinely. I'm genuinely annoyed now. Genu- I'm genuine. Cast doing the wow, wow. I'm genuinely can't believe that you would. Yeah, good. Go out and speak to him. Can you believe can, that, Kyle? Uh, do you know what? I'm shocked. Can, <coughs> excuse me. Can you? Hey, what are you doing? Me? What are you doing? You told well, me not to feed you that stuff. No, don't come in and sit down. I'm genuinely, I'm annoyed. I know. How could you not do that? I'm sat here, I'm starving. Are you? I'm starving. Do you want me to get you something? I want a muffin. I think you might have taken them home. Jesus. Out. I'm genuinely pissed off. I can't believe that you, I can't believe you would do that. But you said you didn't want me to feed you that stuff. When did I say that? Oh, for God's sake. Unbelievable. But Catherine's very... Ian, can yes. you literally give me three seconds? Yeah, what you got to do? Please, uh, well, it's only because I can hear your scream in my ear. What? I can hear what you're saying. It, it's weird. It's a telephone call, Carl. That's how they generally work. No, 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 no. What? Literally, we're talking, but I can hear all the stuff. I can hear all the adverts and everything in the background. So is that your side or my side? There's nothing going on. Right. Can Can you literally give me... Can you play your hold music something for ten seconds while I just try and see whether it's playing two screams out? Um, I haven't got ten seconds worth of music. Oh, I have. Oh, that's better. I can hear you properly now. I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> but it's never done that on my app before. I could oh. hear what you were saying to Jonathan yeah. and the adverts. Apparently, Seth MacFarlane, you know him? Yes, yeah, yeah. Family guy. He was supposed yeah. to be on one of the 9-11 planes, but he overslept. Uh, well, how lucky is that? Is, is, that tr- is that true, though? I went out with somebody, uh, and it was a Wednesday night, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. and she was going to work the day after, yeah. uh, and then she was really upset about something. So she rang in sick and then going to work on the Thursday, and that was the tube bombing. I think she would have been on that because she lived in Russell Square. Wow. Doesn't make you think, eh? Don't, yeah, it's Do you weird, remember the tube? Think? The tube bombing was um, was weird, wasn't it? Because I remember I was living in the flat in Muswell Hill, mm-hmm. and um, I turned. I was listening to Nick Ferrari on LBC, and there had been like he was the, the the story initially was that there'd been a, a power. Surge. Yeah. It was power, yeah. A power surge was the line on the um, underground that had caused these series of bangs. Um, and then it, be- I remember, uh, and it became apparent what it was. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, Tessa, she was going to go to work in London. I said, don't, don't go into London. What are, you, what are you talking about? Because I've got to go into work. I said, no, work from home today. This is like, this is an exceptional day. She had worked in Soho. This is an exceptional day. You won't be told off for not going into work today. But she went in. Well, I was going to say, yeah. and this isn't... I oh, know, I think I think she was totally right, by the way. Oh. But, um, and, but this is really true. Yeah. So my ex lived in... I'm being really careful, but I'm sure you know the area. Remember the Brunswick Shopping Centre? Around Russell Square? Yes. Uh, and she lived... Uh, I'm not giving out away. She lived above the Grill Hall. Yeah. So, in the grill hall, so there was all the things, she was really upset, but then, uh, because it was grill hall, that's where they started bringing the bodies, how dark is this? They started bringing the bodies Aye. back in yeah. to the grill hall, because obviously it was a big open space, and they could, and yeah, I remember that, in 2000, 
Truth. I went to my mum's that day and I drove to my mum's and I got a phone call from my friend Dom, who was a producer, at about four o'clock saying, and he was producing eight out of ten cats. And he said, Ian, we've had um, Richard Maidley and Jonathan Ross have can We're recording a show tonight and we've had them cancel. Would you come in? Uh, I know it's last minute. Would you come in? We'll give you all the lines you need to say. We'll give you loads of gags to say. We'll totally prep you up. Would you come in and be one of the guests? And uh, and I didn't. It was one. It was one of the the tensest nights of my life. Partly because uh, there was no audience there. There would be because the BBC was a target. Mm-hmm. But also partly because um, Sean Locke was really rude to me and was a bit of a dick. And I liked Sean Locke. I had a bit of a a man crush on him, and he was really rude to me to the point where I went, Do you know what? During the taping, I went, nah, I'm not going to play. And I just sat there for the rest of the show and didn't say anything. He was so rude to me. He he thought that I'd been rude to him, and I hadn't. I just I just said something that was in, he, he, he thought was a slight, and it wasn't. So he had a pop at me. And it was so awkward and so awful that, that when I got home, that Jimmy Carr phoned me up to apologise for Sean Locke's behaviour. I see that's not good. Although... <clears throat> this is yeah. This is a really weird phone call because I I may okay, I may the other week have said something on Twitter which may have inadvertently got back to you, and perhaps I was a bit of an arsehole. Oh yeah, you were you, you you were a dick, but we, I, I, I've I've lost literally no sleep over it. No, no, and I didn't think you would, but it, it bothered me a little bit because well, I think you're a really nice bloke, and obviously I think the world of you, and not in that way, but you you know. Hey, um, listen, man. It's Twitter. I love you, man. And it's, uh, everything is is groovy. Cool. Can I just say the reason I was ringing, by the way, was yeah. um, about Jonathan. And I've had something similar in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. I know it sounds awful, but I just I don't know. I I, I can't believe Jonathan thinks that we. And funny if this links to that. I I don't think about him in the slightest. And I'm really sorry. Pricky's bubble, but I don't give a toss. No, no, I know, I, 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 I know, I know. He's, um, uh, I, I, I know. It, 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 there's something going on there, and it's, and, and it's fine. I think about him occasionally. I, I think about some of the callers occasionally, you know, but, but not the, to the point where I'm, I'm in bed going, "Oh my God, what's, a, what, what's going on with Jonathan? Oh my." God, what's going on with Jonathan? You know, because this is my job, you know, and when we're, when we're at home, we think about our jobs from time to time. Thoughts will pop into our head. Um, and, and I did think, oh, it's odd that Kyle's not called for a while. I wonder if it's because of that tweet. And, you know, but, but that's it. And, and Jonathan, I think, oh, I wonder what's going on there. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, yeah, well, he's, well, I don't think Jonathan's well, you know, that's my opinion. Well, no, <clears throat> excuse me, but I guess I find it a bit weird and just, and like I said, I've had something similar where, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody was, and somebody, again, in a very similar way, was sending me screenshots or something going, oh, do you know, this has been said. And I actually gave a toss, and then now this week I thought, do you know what, not, none of it matters, and I think you said it, in about 40 years' time, I'll be dead, so I don't give a toss, really. Yeah, exact mundo, Officer Fonzarelli. <clears throat> Yeah, but my friend Sue is my friend Sue is trying to call, and she says trying to call, mobile not working. Oh, Sue, e- email me your number, and we'll we'll um, we'll call you. Sue is Sue is brilliant, right? Sue works in PR, right? Mm-hmm. And she sent me an email, and I've not got replied to the email. But anyway, and she she's done two of the greatest things in my life, Sue Sue Harris. I owe her uh, amazing because she introduced me to the wonderful world of Sparks. 
Oh, yeah. Wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't have met Sparks, I wouldn't have seen them live about four or five, or maybe even six times, and I wouldn't have, you know, known them beyond the hit, and they are so much more than that. The other thing that Sue managed to uh, sort out for me, if it hadn't been for her, I'd never have met a Beatle. She arranged for me to interview Ringo Starr. Ah, so now what did you, what did you make of him? I thought it was it was brilliant. I thought he was charming. He was funny. He played along. He wouldn't sign my White Album when I asked him to, which is brilliant because I knew he wouldn't. Um, he's a Beatle, you know. It was it was the most magical morning. It was wonderful, and so I'm forever in um, in Sue's debt. So if you can, I don't, I don't know if you can email. If you send an email, we'll we'll uh, with your number. If you want to come on, we'll give you a call. I can't get. I haven't got your number on me. Um, so yeah, no, I love Ringo. I love Ringo. He was a bit weird. Uh, I think I've told you, didn't I? We, uh, we saw him at the uh, at the Jerry Lee Lewis concert. Yeah, thing. yeah. And he he was quite. Yeah, he's he's just him, isn't he? So, but he's had six. No, hang on. Hang on. He's had about fifty. 55, 56 years of being one of the most famous people in the world, right? Mm-hmm. He deserves a break. Well, he does, but have we, and it was probably in the bit when I was like having a bit of a childish sulk, but the uh, the Beatles film, did you, because I went to see that at the cinema, Yeah. and obviously there was an hour-long thing beforehand, which was really weird when you're in the cinema, and it was live back to um, Leicester Square, which is really weird. Oh, it was it was the live link up with the the world premiere, oh, was it? Right? Did you, yeah. Did you see it? No, no, I didn't see that because I went. We oh. went on, on a press night a few weeks before and saw the film. It, it was oh, there was one bit where Paul McCartney went and he looked like he would rather be anywhere else but there. Yeah, and he called John Bishop Frank because he couldn't remember the night, and it was just, your uh, feet were gripping the floor. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, well, you know, again, McCartney, I, I've got a lot of time, and people not McCartney, I think he's brilliant. No, They're I, the I, Beatles! They're all we've got left of the greatest rock and roll band that ever stalked this planet. That's They're you, all we've got left! You know my feelings on the Beatles, so... Yeah. Preaching to the converted. Exactly. Carl, listen, nice to talk to you, mate. I'm glad everything was all right. And if the air needed to be cleared, it is now clear as a summer's day. Scott and then Ray, and then it could be you, dear listener. 0844 499 1000. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Bear with me. Sue sent me a number. Uh, uh, uh. Hang on. Let's have a look. This should work. Is this going to work? Hello. Hello, Sue. Are you all right? I'm fine. How are you? I'm really... I'm, I'm just remembered I didn't reply to either of your emails. <laughs> You're crap. I'm terrible. How are you doing? You all right? I'm very, very well. Yeah, very well. Why are you listening to this rubbish? Well, I listen to you when I'm heading home from a gig or an event or, you know. What, what high-ranking PR event have you been to this evening? I've been to see Katie Bellua performing with her um, 24-piece women's choir. Hey, flipping heck! It made my... She's unbelievable. Where, where was that? It was at a tiny, tiny little chapel in Fitzrovia, 
and it was beautiful. Oh, fantastic. And I loved it, and it made my, made my heart squeeze. Wow, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, happy. So, yeah. <laughs> so, how are you? I'm good. You, you message me your phone number, because the mobile I've got for you doesn't work. What, the, the, the email you've got, or the mobile. Oh, no, I've ch- I might have changed my number since then. Why well, send that to me? Because I message you all the time. <laughs> you must have thought, how, how rude. He's not replying to a single thing that I've sent. I mean, the guy has so much sense. <laughs> I will, I will, I will send you. you uh, uh, I will send you your email. Now, listen. I need to ask you: Is it true that Sparks have got a new album coming out? Oh my God! Yeah, next year, and it's unbelievably amazing. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it, it's incredible. I can come and play. You have to come and sit in my little Ford Fiesta, and I will play you the album. And it is the most amazing pop record you would have heard in your entire life. Oh, man. You, well, you know I'm going to come and sit in that car. And uh, uh, as often with these events, you have to um, hand over your mobile phones and put them in a sealed plastic bag. Yeah, uh, you do. Kind of, it's like, it's, you have to kind of say, right, this is like 58 minutes. And it's the first time you will ever be able to hear this record. And it's the only time you'll be able to say, like, I have heard this record. Uh, well, it's can I ask you, was there booze at this event tonight? No, I'm driving. Oh, okay, fair play. Uh, well, in that case, yeah, definitely. I'll send you my number and we'll we'll sort something out. The, the thing about Sparks is, I don't understand how they just keep getting better and better. Just when you think they've they've kind of, you know, they've got to the pinnacle, then they'll do something else that's even more brilliant. Yeah. Well, this, this record, the, like, 22nd studio album, is the most amazing Sparks record you can imagine in your entire life. Yes. Fantastic. It's I'm unbelievable. in. It's It's just... If you, if you could picture the best Sparks record ever, yeah. this is beyond that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hey, listen, have you ever... Have you ever... Sue, have you ever worked with John Lydon? No, so, but he had um, a show, didn't he, on, on 103.1 in um, L.A. He did, he did for a while. I'm interviewing him tomorrow, and I'm, I, I'll be on the phone, but I, and I'm quite nervous about him, just because he seems quite scary in real life, but I think that's all pantomime. Uh, everyone's ever scary in real life. You'll uh, be cool. Uh, Ray Davis was quite scary in real life. Yeah, but they're not really scary. They're just kind of like preoccupied. Preoccupied, that's it. So I think I think you just have to find what they're occupied with. And uh, and dig into that. Yeah, I think so. Because I think I think when when John Lydon had his show on one three point one in America in L A. How's Ringo? Have you spoken to Ringo recently? Are you still working with him? I, I am still working with him. I haven't spoken to him recently. He's just about to start a new tour with his all-star band. Fantastic. In tomorrow, the next day, any, any moment. He's on the east of the west coast of America. I think he's up in um, near Portland, so in, like, Washington State. Like, way up, way up northwest of America, almost in Canada. He's about to start 
start touring and yeah, all good. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. That mo- that day when I got to hang out with Ringo for 25 minutes. It was, was the best. Oh, man alive. Thank you for that, Sue. It was just the, the joy. The video's still online. The video's still online. And I think that I, I've, I've been told recently it's still the, one of the top three most v- viewed videos from Absolute's Aww. website. I haven't been there for six years. <laughs> it was so much fun. Hey Sue, listen. Was there a reason you wanted to? Was there a reason you wanted to call in, or, or, or was it just? No, no, no. Because I'd messaged you about this gig tomorrow. Oh. And then I hadn't heard back, and I thought, oh, have I got the wrong email? Because I know you change your emails. I too frequently. I go under. <laughs> well, listen. Now this is the this. Now this is for the RNIB, is it? It is. Yeah. Well, while we're here, oh, we, might well, we might as well we might as well get the plugs in. Go on. What is it? So RNIB. It's a concert. We have Newton Faulkner, Badly Drawn Boys, various other artists all performing at Cadogan Hall in Chelsea Friday night um, from 7 p.m. onwards, £25 tickets. And the difference is that the audience are wearing specs. So these spectacles will simulate the concept of having sight loss. So most of us go to a gig and we absorb the light, the audience, the atmosphere, everything. And then as sighted people, we, you know, like, we just assume that that's kind of our, our all our senses. Mm. But if you don't have those, if you don't have perfect vision, what's it like? Is the sound heightened? Is the whole concept minimised? I have no idea. That's what we aim to find out tomorrow, because the audience will be wearing these pin specs, so their vision will be um, diminished. And... Yeah, it's going to be an incredible experience. So R&IB is, is the charity. The concert is Peter Town. The venue is Cadogan Hall. And, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Nice one. Well, I hope it, I'm sure it'll be a huge success. I'm sure it'll be brilliant, as always. Sue, so I'm going to let you go, because we're getting a bit of feedback on the line. Sorry. But, I'm, I will, listen, I'm going to send you an email after the show with my number and stuff, and we'll, we'll sort something out. Good. And then I'll come and play you the Sparks album because it is unbelievably beautiful. Thank you, Sue. I'll see you later on. Drive safely. Thank you very much. There we go, you see. Look at that. Um, I've not spoken to Sue for ages, partly because she's got the wrong telephone number for me. Um, Brilliant. Thank you, Sue. 0844 499 1000. Right. um, Scott, then Ray, then Liam, and then it could be... Well, actually, that'll probably take us up to midnight, so let's see where we go. Thank you very much. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Ah. We'll play the um, David Icke interview um, that we played out a few months ago. We'll play that towards the end of the show because lots of you will have missed it and I think you might quite enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, Scott's on the line. Good evening, Scott. Good evening, Ian Lee. What's going down? Um, not a lot. It's your favourite Geordie now with a fake Geordie accent. Okay. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, thank you, Scott. I'm tired, man. I'm really tired. Tired, ah, well, I'm tired as well after listening to that uh, last phone call, your personal phone call that you made. There was some feedback coming down the line. Yeah, there was only a little bit. There was only a little bit of feedback. It was fine. Uh, young Rafe, or whatever his name was, got cut off earlier on for less than that. But never mind. Oh, hang on, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Uh-huh. Who got cut off? What was his name? Rafe Rashid, something like that. Foreign fella. 
Look, we're not getting to that anyway. What, what, yeah, well, hang on, well, no, no, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. No, this is no, what you do, you see. No, don't dwell on one. Let's no, no, no. On no, Scott, well, no, I will. Subject, don't, don't, you, please don't be offended with me um, dwelling oh, on no, the... no, no, I'm, I'm never offended. Please me. don't you, be... Please don't be offended by me. Please don't be offended with me dwelling on the bit where you're telling me how to do my job. Right, well, phew, I, you know, I've been listening to this radio station only a couple of weeks now, and I listen right. to all the different shows, the Brothers Gould or whatever, you, and, and all the different ones, and now I, I think... Well, th- got, those people aren't here now. We're, we're, we're on, just, Scott, we're on this show now, so let's talk about this show. But please don't tell me how to do my job, because I don't come and tell you how to do yours. Right. OK. Right, well, however, let's carry on, then. Come on, moving swiftly through the subjects. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's David Ake interview. I'm looking forward to that, anyway. Good. That's going to be good. But what, what did you think of him? I thought he was a very nice man, taller no, than no, I expected. No, I, I'd be, I, he's a very interesting fella, you know. Very interesting. A lot of bad press, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I thought, thought he was, he was day, very nice, and he's taller than I thought he would be. Oh, I, I envy you there meeting him. It's, it's one of my uh, lifelong things. I'd like to meet him. Interesting fella, like I say. And that Jonathan, what, what's the, what's going on with him? That, like I say, I, I'm letting you. I, mean, I don't have Facebook or Twitter or any of that. You know, I think it's the bloody. It's the Antichrist that to me, you know, it's spoiling the world. Yes. But um, so, so what? What's the issue? What's been going on with him, like well, on the it, internet? It, it, he, I don't know what's been going on on the internet. Not a lot. I think a lot of it is imagined in his in his mind. Right. I see. I like that though. I, he's, he's a good character, isn't he? I like it that you let him on, you know, and that he comes on that, and I, I like that one. You know, he's a good character, and people ring up and want to. You know, people are boring. You know, and talk about the same old thing. They got no. Some people are very boring character. when they're calling. Yes. Oh. Jesus, yes. Jesus Christ! What? 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 Are you what? Are you, are you uh, uh, reaching orgasm? Or I don't understand. What's... I was almost, I was almost there, but I was just getting past the vinegar strokes, and you drop that in. It's oh, sort of like, it shut us down. Jesus! <laughs> what an idiot! Um, Ray, hip hip hip. What kind of cake? Uh, urinal. There we go. <laughs> Bring it down. Well, I don't, I don't, don't, that, that's a step up from the last idiot that we had on. Okay. Um, I can reassure you that me and Hannah have not been drinking alcohol tonight. Okay. Whether you whether you believe that or not is <laughs> entirely up to you, but there you go. Thank you. But uh, despite that, I managed to make a complete plum of myself last night. Go on. Hello? Yes, I'm... Oh, yeah, uh, yes, sorry, I'm... Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> why is it... Why is, is it me, or is everyone getting a little bit... Is it a full moon tonight? Uh, probably. I'm, I'm hearing myself, um, coming back at myself, uh, like a second later. <sighs> Good feedback on the line. Okay. Oh. Well, hang on. Well, uh, I, there's no, what, what, what can I... There's nothing... I, is that better? Oh, and is that better? Hello, testing. Yes. Oh, it's still there. It, no, we'll, we'll work for it anyway. Okay, okay. I'm, lo- I'm yeah. losing the will to live, if I'm honest, no, Ray. No, come on. Anyway, last night I made a complete plum of myself. Um, I made us a tuna pasta bake, only I forgot to put the tuna in. Yeah. So you made a pasta? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she says, um, where's the tuna? Oh, was that Was that before or after you went to visit the graveyard of Cuckoo the Clown? <laughs> no. Um, th- <laughs> oh well. Uh, yeah. So uh, it didn't exactly go well for me last night, and I just thought I'd share that with you. 
uh, well, no. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm glad, for, glad of that. Thank you, Ray. I, I, I'm going to be honest. The show has taken a very strange vibe. Sue's now emailing me saying, "Was I sorry? Was I on air then?" <laughs> What's going on? The last two callers have been absolutely nuts. What's go- it's a strange vibe tonight. It could be a full moon. I don't know if it's um, if it's a full moon or not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Liam, hey, what's up? Hey, hey, man, you're right. Yeah, how are you? Uh, I'm confused. Dazed um, a little uh, bit, yeah. Everyone da- seems a little bit angry. I-, I wanted to ask you about um, your music, your instruments that you play. Yes. What kind of instruments do you play? You play the bass, don't you? I, I don't play anything particularly well, but yes, I play bass guitar. I, I can Mainly. St- strum a few chords, and I used to be able to play the ukulele, and I've forgotten how to play it. Oh, no. You play in, um, in a band? I, well, I can't, yes, I play in the Scar Day Nights. The Scar Day Nights? Yeah, we're a Scar band, but we only play A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles, Scar Styley. <laughs> oh, right, okay. How do you um, how do you play Scar? I've been trying to play Scar music, and I can I only don't... do sort of like the simple sort of like bass it's root line of it. It's that, isn't it? I don't, if I'm honest, I've never really listened to Scar. So being in a... In... Uh, so how can you be in a Scar band and well, not listen to Scar? It's, 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 um, I, I could play you an example of it, but I'd have to oh, sing good. live. Um, is it unch, 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 isn't it? Is that it? I don't know. I, I was um, I, I was hoping that you'd play, you'd play more bass. I was I wanted to um, hear some sort of inspiration to start playing some ska music. I was wondering if you had any um, recommendations. I don't listen to ska. I can't stand no. it. I think it's awful. Sh- what do you listen to mainly? Um, white pop. Oh, I tell white you what I listen pop. to. I t- shall I tell you what I what I listen to? Yeah. Shall I play you a song that I'm uh, I'm I'm digging at the moment? Hang on a second. Let's. Um, hang on a minute. This is the kind. This is the kind of stuff when I get home at night that I I like to I like to put this kind of stuff on. I love the colourful clothes she wears and the way the sunlight plays upon her hair.
yeah, so that's the kind of um, stuff that wow. I like to listen to, Liam. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. It's all like a polko. He was really reaching there, wasn't he? He was really going for it. He was going for it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he always got it, but he I went for I it. I think he did. I think I appreciate that the most. He he, he tried, right? I mean, the, the effort it's the, was there. it's the effort, isn't it? It's the, it's not the winning. It's the taking part that counts. Whether particularly he pulled in it music. off. Yeah. Exactly. If he could also tune it, do you think he would? No. I keep it real. Really? Do you think, also, for the sake of creating what he wanted to create, would you not just sort of like? Let it get there. Yeah, just you know, just keep it, keep it real. It, he's doing what? Um, Who was that? That's the oh, Antichrist. The that's the Antichrist Dungeon Choir. You were talking about those earlier. Yep, 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 yep. There's a, there's a, there's another one thousand four hundred ninety seven tracks to dip into right, on YouTube. And and and, and, and so you said they downloaded that, they uploaded that in two months. That one was... This one's had 55 views. This is one of the more popular ones. This was uploaded in July, actually. But, yeah, most of them have been, were uploaded in the last two weeks. And there's no information about this dude on his website. Is he bald? Is he bald? Does he have glasses? Yeah. It's, I'm looking at him now. There we go. You found him. And that, that's, that's it. And he's got there's loads so of fun. albums on um, uh, iTunes and things. And, um... I'm just How much time does this man have? Well, I would imagine quite a lot. I've, I'm really <laughs> hoping I can persuade him to come on the show. Oh, he must have enough spare time to do that, unless he's, like, writing another 1,500 songs to release. Well, I mean, I've, I've, in, subscribed, in I've subscribed to his... Oh, I mean... Hang they on. all have no hang on. views. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. He's, I've just found one. I'm he's got a daughter! Hang on. He doesn't appear to have any teeth, but he's also got a young girl <laughs> yeah. with him who's about the age of seven, who's <laughs> throwing Does a cat around. That's the the girl's got teeth. The cat's got That's teeth. Good. good. Um, wowzers! I mean, all right. Um, but he's also, I think I know who he's trying to be. He's trying to be. He's trying to be a woman called Petra Hayden who does these things, and she is a genius. I'll play one after the... I'll play her version of God Only Knows. It's the most incredible thing. She's doing the whole thing with her mouth, and it's just... it. You know, it's a spiritual song anyway, but done like that, it's just... It takes it to a what, new level. What do you mean she's doing the whole thing with her mouth? She's doing... It's all Acapulco. She's making all the... She's like the fly, modern-day solo flying pickets. Oh, my God. Do you know who the flying pickets are? No. no. Okay, okay. Well, you, you, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm far too young. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, the the flying pickets were uh, were huge back in the day, singing Acapulco songs, and the ba da da dum. That was them. Ba da da dum. Yeah. Ba da da dum. Ba bom bom. Acapulco. Ba da da dum. Looking from a window above, it's like a story of love. 
bum, bum, bum. can you hear him? And then one of them ended you up should, in Coronation Street. You should totally start an Acapulco band and then end this up is, in Coronation Street. Or this is can, what I'm going to do. Whichever, whichever I'm, yes, I am going to start, forget the Scar Day Nights, I quit. I'm going to start an Acapulco singing group. This could be a start of a whole new career. It could be. But a we're going to sing... We're going to sing everything in a minor key instead of a major key. Uh, do you think that would take off? There was a website. Hang on a minute. There was. I'm sure that maybe it was on YouTube. Famous songs in a minor key. Someone did loads of like famous songs, um, but did it in a minor oh, key. and then played it in the minor key. Yeah. Um. I don't know where that is, though. Someone will, someone will send me a link to that. I'm sure they will. Anyway, um, Liam, did we uh, get to the meat and two veg of this? Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I got, I got the answer. But I, I mean, maybe not that I wanted, but I got an answer. Thank you very much indeed, Liam. And that, that's life. That's a lesson for life. You may not get the answer that you want, um, but he, at least he got an answer. You may not always get an answer in life. Huh? Huh? It's true, isn't it, Catherine? Isn't it true? We still haven't got an apprentice correspondent. The closest we've got is Rory. I'm worried about Rory. I think he's a loose cannon. I think he's a bit carsick. I worry that if we give the gig to Rory, yeah, he'll call in next week. Yeah, he might call in for the first five weeks. Week six, week seven, when it starts to count, where's Rory? Rory, where are you? Oh. Oh, I forgot to call in, sir, to be sure. I forgot to call into the show and talk to you about The Apprentice. I didn't talk about The Apprentice. I went to the Eiffel Tower. I went to the Eiffel Tower. Instead of talking about The Apprentice. So that's my worry. That's my worry is he might end up going to the Eiffel Tower instead of talking about The Apprentice. Um, right, another hour of this nonsense. Oh eight four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number. What we'll do, uh, we'll play the David Icke interview towards the end of the show. Um, when we come back after twelve, I will play Petra Hayden if I can find it, um, which is what I think the Antichrist Dungeon Choir is basing his act on. Right, and you've heard him. You've heard three songs by him. See if um, you'll notice the difference in quality when a professional, bearing in mind she will have the, you know, she'll have top of the range studio recording facilities, you know, good microphones, um, time and a, and a work ethic and probably teeth as well. 0844 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Talk Radio. Bone digger, bone digger. <laughs> um, someone has sent me a link to a Facebook page that, that could get us ever closer to the Antichrist Dungeon Choir. Uh, which is actually very exciting. I'll pursue that tomorrow. Thank you very much. It's Midnight Talk Radio. Here's the news. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk.
Proper, absolutely love that. Um, oh eight four, that's Petra Hayden. Oh eight four four, four nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, you're more than welcome to. Um, we're going to play an interview that I did with um, David Ike a little bit later on in the show. I'm flicking through the papers because there's actually quite a lot in the papers today, but I forgot to. Um, write down where it was. I can't remember any of it. Oh, this is good. I quite like this. Parents' disgust at Middleton's... Now, I bet... I've not read the story. I bet bet it's people on Twitter. I bet it's people on Twitter are angry. Uh, By the way, uh, everyone on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, I'd like to be the Apprentice correspondent. Um, uh... 08444991000. 08444991000. You know what I mean? I'm not going to give you the job. I'll, I'll be. I'll do it better than Rory, and I won't go to the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Well, um, uh, I don't hear your voice. So, uh, unless you call in and put yourself up for the gig, then <laughs> you're not going to get the gig. It's a phone-in show, not a tweet-in show. Which we will do one night. We'll do an hour of Jury's just as all tweeted. Um, but you can't, it, it, already you've lost points in the, uh, applying for the job of apprentice correspondent by not phoning in, you utter prunes. Parents disgust at Middleton's roadkill Halloween costume. It's actually, it's a brilliant costume. It's a brilliant costume. 
At best, the roadkill pet Halloween costume sold by the Duchess of Cambridge's family firm for seven-year-olds could be described as tasteless. At best, I just described it as brilliant. At best, you could describe it as absolutely brilliant. Have you seen it? It's genius. I mean, it's genius. But dismayed parents last night used far stronger language, with 93% of those asked saying they would not let their child wear the terrifying, gory and gross outfit. Now listen to the description, right? Party Pieces, the company run by Kate Middleton's parents, Michael and Carol, was criticised for marketing the £16.99 fancy dress costume which depicts a dead rabbit with tyre marks across its torso. So your kid wears it and it's a rabbit and its eyes are bulged out and it's got tyre marks across it and it's bloody. You know it's for Halloween, right, guys? Yeah? I tell you what's worse than a dead rabbit on Halloween. A bloody zombie! Sweet Lord, that's a dead human that's come back from the dead, but they can't think. That is worse. That's worse than someone pretending to be a dead rabbit. Even the firm's own website describes it as gruesome and says it comes complete with wounds and bloodshot eyes. It's a fancy dress costume for Halloween! Showing it to the people on Periscope. I don't know if you can see that. You probably can't see that. It was singled out as one of eight inappropriate costumes (laughs) in a poll of one and a half thousand parents for some website that I'm not going to say the name of because they don't deserve it. One father said the roadkill pet suit would terrify his daughter. It's for Halloween. It's for Halloween. It's meant to be a bit scary. Some 48% of parents felt Halloween costumes were too frightening. You are... You are joking me! Kids love it! Kids love it! Get a bit of blood out! They They love it! It's brilliant. I wish we had it when I was a kid. We didn't really have Halloween. We didn't do it. Certainly didn't have trick or treat. Look, they're trying to get into the zeitgeist, including a killer clown outfit for five-year-olds. Then it goes... I'll read the rest in a minute. 08444991000. Simon, come to you after this. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk... Right, Simon. What kind of cake? Lemon drizzle. Ooh. Darren, who was one of the people who wanted to be the apprentice correspondent, has just tweeted, fair point, Ian Lee, about me saying you should call in. I'll call next week. No. I'm off to bed. You're fired. No. You're fired. No passion. No, no, it's the passion. No passion. He's fired. Good. Yeah. Um, Obviously, I'm putting my name forward as a former business award winner. Um, and also a couple of years ago, actually auditioned for The Apprentice. Oh, so an apprentice loser. Well, I got in the top 100. What? I got in the top 100. I got cut down to 100. What does that and mean? And then got cut. Because they, they obviously they auditioned thousands of people for it. Yeah, you got down to uh, the last 100 yes. for The Apprentice. Gosh. Yeah. Okay, well, that's the closest um, um, I'm ever going to get. 
Um, it, was, it was actually a really horrible experience. <laughs> um, literally, what, one, of the, one of the things you had to do is they had groups of 10, and you had to line yourself up from 1 to 10 as who had spent the most money on their outfit. Oh, yeah. So I was like at the end because I just brought a suit from Burton's. Um, but it's just the way, all they wanted you to do is attack each other. Oh, well, you but, to... but that's what it is. It's a it's it's a freak show. It's not it's not a business initiative show. It might have been early on, but it's yeah. it, it's, it's they want people to and all the bits. You know, where they 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 cut to a shot of someone saying, "I'm like a stallion. I like to get behind the business and give it a good hard seeing to or whatever it is they say." Right? That, they'll film them for about an hour, and they'll get that one line and they'll use that. You know, and the bits where. They're, they're saying stupid things during the... They're, they're, they'll film them all day to get two or three stupid lines out of them. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and that's what they're doing. They were filming everything. They were filming a whole day at the like the, the team building exercises and stuff. Oh. Um, and you had to come up with a quote. Um, and my quote was like, was, life is one big journey and everyone holds their own passport. And you got as far as the last 100, did you? Well... <laughs> But uh, literally, they, they tap you on the back, just like X Factor, and you'd have to go. What? Why did you want to do it? Fame. Fame and fortune. Yeah. There are better ways to be famous. I don't know. Write a hit song, or... Done that. When? Well, my artist did, didn't he? Well, <laughs> when is uh, when is when when can I buy your artist's um, hit song? It's on iTunes. His name's um, Nigel. Nigel from Maidstone. Uh, oh, flipping it. Oh, God. How is that? <laughs> um, but I would honestly like to put my name forward for it. All right, go on then. Let's. Uh, I'm going to play some. Uh, I'm going to play the Apprentice theme, and okay. you're going to talk to us about. To... A message from oh. Mr. Ian Lee. Oh, hang on a minute. Take care, because he cares. Oh, thank you, Tony. That's very kind of you. Um, here we go. Here's the Apprentice theme, and you uh, you talk to us about it. Go. Okay. So they started off by getting jeans from Japan, but I don't think any of them actually knew where Japan was, because they never used the Japan element in any of the adverts <laughs> they created. Right. <laughs> He's right. Right. And anyone, not even a five-year-old could come up with a better advert. One advert they created was a skateboarder, and the other one was a woman folding her jeans up in a toilet. Now, that wouldn't make anyone buy a pair of jeans with it. Not sure. Um, so, and the one he fired from the women's team, any spoilers, sorry, I don't want to ruin it, um, but she didn't do a thing, that's why I fired her, but he actually should have fired people from both teams, I think, really, and there was a man with a dicky bow, who wears a dicky bow these days? Here's the thing with the dicky bow, right, you cannot get away with wearing a dicky bow unless you're over 70 or you're an eccentric professor. If you're like a normal person of normal age, you should not be wearing a bow tie. That's just insane. It's a good bit of branding, though, isn't it? Because we, we remember him because he wears a dicky bow. Yeah, we also remember him because he's a knob. Well. Um, I tell you what, Simon. You were good. Rory was good. Next week, can we... It's, it's down to you two. Everyone else can jog on. But we need to... You two need to go head-to-head in, in um, what I'm calling Ian Lee's boardroom. Ooh. Sounds like a feature. Remind me to do this next week because I forget because it's stupid. <laughs> but so next week, I need you to call me bang on 10 o'clock. Okay. And Rory needs to call bang on 10 o'clock. 
and we'll and I'll be prepared. We'll decide. I'll decide which one of you two slackers is going to be my um, apprentice correspondent. Because you know what they say, don't you? If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. You just lost two points there, Simon. Thank you. Here we go. Uh, I want to finish this story about this costume. Halloween has become a big earner for retailers with spending of £310 million this year, six times the total for Bonfire Night. And this is what... This is in the mail. This is what the mail seems upset about, is that we're doing the American things and not the British things. Asking for a penny for the guy and other November the 5th traditions have been virtually wiped out as young families embrace the American import of trick-or-treat. Well, trick-or-treat... Well... But Halloween as a concept is British is, or German. It's, it's, uh, but we had it over here first before the Americans did. And dressing up in scary outfits to go from door to door demanding sweets. But parents fear the new trend has become increasingly sinister. This woman who did the survey said, Halloween may be the second biggest event for retailers after Christmas, but it should be about having harmless fun, not encouraging children to wear horrible and even highly inappropriate outfits. Well, they're not de- dressing up as sluts. They're dressing up as zombies and witches. For some reason around my area, we get quite a few Spider-Men. You know, um, it it's kids dressing up, going out with their parents, Go where we go to houses where we know, you know that the house is up for it because they've got a pumpkin out the front, and you go and knock on the door. It's brilliant. We've got a massive tub of sweets at home. Massive tub. And the kids knock on the door. Yep, go and put your hand in and whatever you grab you can have. Beautiful. Wearing horrible and inappropriate outfits. Oh, for goodness sakes. Late night conversation. Worth losing sleep over. Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Ah. Lots of good interviews coming up, including uh, John Lydon. Tomorrow we're speaking to... This is a punt. We're speaking to a, an expert on Bruce Lee and the Bruce Lee um, exploitation genre, which I find fascinating. I, I think he's brilliant. Uh, and we've got other people got, coming up. We've got Melanie we recorded. We still haven't played. Um, now, though, you're going to hear an inter- interview I did a couple of months ago with David Icke. And... Um, it took quite a bit of persuading for him to come. He was going to come, then wasn't, then was, then wasn't, and he did. I'm glad he did. I th- Well, I know he enjoyed the interview, because he, 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 he told me he enjoyed it, and his, his son got in touch and said that he enjoyed it as well. So uh, uh, hopefully you will. Uh, this is me speaking to Mr David Icke. It's nice to meet you. You too. I'm so relieved, because I was quite nervous about meeting you. Why is it happening? Um, because, because I bought into what, how you're perceived in the press. All right. I bought that. He's a loony. Well, I knew you were. I didn't. I didn't think you were a loony. I just, in a lot of your interviews, you come across as quite stern. Some, do you know what I mean? Well, I tell. I tell. I just tell, come a little bit closer to the mic. Sorry, because it's, it's it, not the best. There we go. I tell. I tell you um, uh, why that comes across. And if you see my, you know, video cast that I put out on my website and yeah. social media every week, you'll see that I don't come across like that. Yeah. But you see what what you, um, permanently doing, is. Um, basically, you, you, you're going into a defensive mode in a way because um, people are always trying to take the piss yeah, and they're always yeah. trying to um, 
um, you know, make you look an idiot. So if you you like, you're on your guard. Mm. And that means you concentrate. Whereas if we have a chat now, we can have a chat. And, 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 And we don't have to get into that um to and fro kind of stuff that, that means i've got i've got to um be on my guard yeah. and 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 my real personality is just put on hold of it and it was interesting because i met you downstairs uh, and i don't know what i was expecting but you were nothing like i had conjured up in my head do you know what i mean that guy that kind of you were, look, i mean look you're smiling now <laughs> you got a naughty smile about you and i've not seen that before oh really stick around <laughs> I, 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 I don't want this to be. I don't want this interview to be one of those where we kind of argue about beliefs and take you know. And it's not a take the piss. There's no catch yeah. or anything. I'm really interested in you, David. Right. As a as a human being, right. And I want to talk. We were talking before we came in here about that interview, the Wogan interview, uh-huh. the 25th anniversary. You were telling me. Yeah, it just passed. It was uh, 1991. Um, I watched it today. It was really uncomfortable watching. And I, I probably laughed at the time I would have been uh, 18. And I laughed at the time. You know, I was one of those people laughing. Watching it now, 25 years later, as, as an adult, as a parent, as, you know, different, we're living in a different world. I felt really uncomfortable watching it. Really uncomfortable. It felt mean, spirited. How did it feel for you when you were sat there? Well, it, it, it was it was mean, spirited. But, but you see... Um, People have a real problem when something is happening that's so different yeah. to um, what they're used to. Yeah. And uh, often they'll just ridicule it almost as a defense mechanism. Like, what's going on? What's happened to this bloke? And some just ridicule because that's, that's, that's who they are. But you see, I see it in a totally different light. Um, I mean, we haven't got time now because uh, it would take a, a long time to explain. But there, were, there was a, a sequence of events that happened in my life, which basically blew my head off. And for about three months, mm. um, I didn't know what day it was, what planet I was on or where I was. And that, that's when the Wogan show Did happened. Did you say that you would had a breakdown? No, I had a breakthrough. Right, OK. I, um, if you... Um, if you imagine you, you like most people, um, you live your life in a bubble of reality and you have certain senses of normal. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, someone come along and burst that bubble. Mm. And suddenly um, everything you perceive to be normal and real um, went into a state of flux and transformation. Uh, and, and it's like... <clears throat> information concepts um insights were pouring into my conscious mind and i've described it as like you know when you press too many keys on a computer Mm. and it it can't process the information it freezes so uh, basically that was me for three months it was almost exactly three months and in the middle was the wogan show and it wasn't quite you know wake up one morning but it was close to it the um the computer unfroze, if you like. <laughs> and, you turned it off and on again. And then um, people were saying to me, you know, who knew me, they're saying, Dave, I, I thought you'd gone mad. You're the same bloke I used to know. I, I, I was outwardly. Yeah. But I wasn't in the way I saw the world. I saw the world completely different. I, think- I, I saw things um, that I didn't see before. And that's what set me on this journey of um, uncovering... Um, information the nature of reality the nature of 
how the world's manipulated by forces that are not the ones we see. The stuff you said in the interview as well, it wasn't that far, you know, it wasn't that crazy. I mean, there are a couple of things that, you, that it could be argued you're wrong. You said that Saddam Hussein had, was dead when, when potentially he wasn't. You may disagree with that. But I was watching it, and it's a 16-minute long interview. It's quite a long interview. And, you know, all th- what you were saying about the number of kids that die every minute from diseases that are curable, you know, uh, does that sound like a world that's being run in a in a positive no the, the world's way. a ma- the world's a madhouse i mean that's yeah that's that, that, that that's that, that these kind of pennies started to drop um i started to see the world in a completely different way and i realized um it was a complete madhouse completely bonkers but if you're brought up in a madhouse a crazy place and all you've ever known is the crazy place mm. The crazy is your perception of normal. And what happened to me when this I morphed out of the, the frozen mode, if you like, is I could see the world for what it was, completely bonkers and, and upside down and inverted. But, but because it's what people have known all their lives, it's normal. If, and, and if you look um, through history... People who have been ahead of their time, because they've seen beyond the normal of the moment of the time, they're the ones that have been ridiculed, yeah. dismissed, burned at the stake. Well, you mentioned the people saying that the world was round. Yeah. People would laugh at them as, as lunatics. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, just a quick throwaway line for what it's worth. Um, a few uh, uh, weeks after I said that about Saddam Hussein, the Sunday Times ran uh, a front page exclusive about all the um saddam hussein lookalikes yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember <laughs> I that, do remember and, that yeah. and 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 when saddam hussein is supposed to have swum across the river to show he was fit and and and, and alive that actually um was a lookalike yeah. according to the sunday times so you know the, the the thing is that the world is so not like we think it is both in the nature of the reality we think we're experiencing um and also in the nature of geopolitical events that it's it's much better to hold your fire mm. and not be too dogmatic on this is how it is because history shows that almost every time that this is how it is of the moment turns to turns out to be that this is how it's something else a bit further down the line. You mentioned an interesting thing. There was a, there was a second interview with Wogan, wasn't there? A few That's years right. Later, yeah, they kind of looked. That's back right. Yeah, on that. And I watched that as well. And you mentioned something that actually we've been dis- we've kind of been discussing on the show from time to time. Um, it may have been when when the, um, I can't remember exactly what the, what the context was, but you said people are more interested in who shot Phil Mitchell yeah. than what's going on in the real world. And I am starting to notice that 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 you know that the newspapers are full of X Factor and Kim Kardashian and not looking at. Journalists aren't finding out stories. The VIP paedophile ring, well, that seems to have gone away because yeah. there's a new series of um, X Factor. You know, it's the- and of course we've had an update on on that today with uh, Clement Freud. Isn't that incredible? Yes. You see, um, back in the in the mid nineties, uh, I started coming across people who were telling me about this Westminster paedophile ring. I talked to um, a, a, a lady who. Um, had worked for um, the intelligence services who was telling me about the paedophile ring in North Wales, right? 
I actually met her up in Anglesey, actually. Um, and and the, the information was gathering and gathering and gathering. And I actually named Ted Heath in a book called The Biggest Secret in 1998 and, um, and, and others. And, of course, it was so much later after the ITV documentary on Savile, mm. that bingo, the, the bubble burst. And what's happened... What, well, did it? It's not quite burst. I think that bubble's still kind of... Yeah, well, th- this is the point uh, I was just going to make. Um, what's happened is that there was... Um, uh, basically, a lot of information came out very, very quickly after that Savile um, documentary and all the other names that came out. And then you could see, I mean, I was watching it and I was I was saying on my website, this is this is what's going to happen. You could see the um, response to that building and suddenly um, uh, certain people in the media and certain newspapers were trashing it. The idea of a a Westminster paedophile ring and they were throwing it in the long grass with inquiries that weren't going to uh, report for years, Mm -hmm. which is the classic way of throwing it away. Um, but it won't go away. And I'll tell you why it won't go away. If people think what's come out so far is massive, mm. well, uh, strap in, mm. because it is colossal. And more and more will, will, will come out. It will, it will come down in the end. Uh, because there is a, a Westminster paedophile ring. And not only was it operating during the Thatcher administration, it's operating now. Mm. Um, and, and it, it will come out, but they're obviously they're desperately trying to 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 stop it uh, doing so. Do you ever, David? Um, do you ever feel like you're pissing in the wind? Do you know what I mean? That you're you're you're, sh- you're you're saying this stuff, and you get big audiences, huge audiences, and huge numbers of people buy the book. But um, there are still a significant number of people who think, oh, he's nuts. Oh, I used to like him when he was the, doing the football and the snooker. And he's, do, do you know what I mean? And that, that, that you're not being uh, taken as seriously as perhaps you would like to by well, a large the, group of people. The thing is, that's not my problem. That's their problem. And I'll, I'll tell you something. When I started out um, 26 years ago now, um, 25 since the Wogan show, uh, I couldn't fill a phone box I mean, you know, if I couldn't walk down any street in Britain without being laughed at by person after person, going into a pub or a bar, forget it. There was uproar. I remember speaking once because, you know, I am I must be crazy because at the height of that, I went on a speaking tour of, of, of student unions. I went to one of those shows. Did you? I was there. Yeah. yeah. And and, you know, I, I went to one in Nottingham um, and I walked out. And it was uh, uproar and, and uh, plastic beer glasses were coming on the stage and stuff, stuff like that. And, and, and I, I went out there and I couldn't speak for a while because there was so much noise. And uh, I, I let it die down. And then I said, you think I'm mad, don't you? You think I'm insane. Yeah, whoa, all that stuff. And I let it die down again. And I said, so what does that say about you? Because you just, you're, you're paying to, to ridicule a man you think yeah. is mentally ill, right? And there was silence. But what that, that, what that uh, gave me was in, enormous strength to speak my, my truth, no matter uh, what the situation was. But g- going on to the point that you, 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 mm. you brought up, in those days, trying to get anyone to look at any of this stuff in any serious way was virtually impossible. 
there's this alternative media that's that's built up and built up through the internet didn't exist then you know, I, I had to go around Australia in the back of a little car, not flights, yeah. back of a little car all over Australia speaking to, 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 to people. I, I went uh, across America uh, speaking to people like, you know, like eight people and stuff like that to start with. Um, and and you, you build it up and gradually and gradually you start to make an impact. And I, I noticed a big increase in um interest after 9-11 and a big increase uh, after weapons of mass destruction weren't found in iraq and so i can see where you're coming from when you say there's so many people mm. that are not listening but i tell you what i'm in freaking dreamland mm. compared with 25 26 years ago and i've seen that the uh not just in Britain, but globally, the number of people who are opening their minds to things and concepts and information they would have dismissed by reflex action before. There is an awakening going on. Is it? Is it the majority? Is it as many as we would like? And when I say an awakening, I mean an awakening to question things you haven't questioned mm. before. We take so much on face value. If... If there's one disease that is taking humanity's freedom away more powerfully than almost any other, it is naivety. You know, people say things um, as truisms. Everyone knows that. But then they ignore the fact that it's true. Like they'll say, you never believe what the politicians say, but they do. Um, and then it's, you never believe what you, you read in the newspapers, but they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, not me. I don't believe what's in the newspaper. I, I can <laughs> tell what's made up and what's not. Everyone says that. Yeah. Oh, I'm more intelligent than everyone else. They won't trick me. But we do. We read the newspapers and we take it at face value. Yeah, it's this naivety. And, and you know, if there's a bottom line of what I'm saying... Uh, it is please think for yourself it's like this you um this eu referendum instead of saying well what are the leave camp politicians saying and what are the uh, uh stay in uh, camp politicians saying before i make my mind up do your own research <laughs> yeah. do your own research yeah. look at the history of the eu look at where it came from look at the fact that this super state we're in now was planned provably through the documents before um, or any of it really started, and we were sold a free trade area just because that's the only what the people. Now, hang on. Now you're doing what you're. Now you're doing yeah, what but, you're, you're telling people not. To, you're, you're putting your point of view uh, forward. Yeah, no, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about not putting your point of view forward. Right. I'm saying that whether I'm saying it, yeah. or Cameron's saying it, or anyone don't else is saying it, you know. Do your own research. See if it stands up. We can't talk about the EU too much because of the rules of, of right. the, 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 you know, coming up to the uh, election. So I want to go back to the Wogan interview. I read afterwards that, that read about afterwards that your life was miserable afterwards. That your kids were being packed. You know, people were taking pictures of them and turning up at their school. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, of course, um, that, that's what you get when you, you you do things like that. But you see, that must have been awful. Well, it was awful. But you know, you know, I, I have this phrase. You know, life. Um, often gives you your greatest gifts brilliantly disguised as your worst nightmare. Um, I went through historic levels of ridicule and it cleared me out of the um, of what uh, the prison that most people live in which is the fear of what other people think. Most people are not living their lives as they wish to live them are not speaking their truth as they would like to speak it because they are um, 
in fear of what other people will say, whether it's their parents, whether it's their, their people at work, whatever. Mm. And so instead of living their life and their truth and their uniqueness, they're living someone else's version of what they should be. That mass ridicule cleared me out of that. And now I have a family, a daughter, my two sons, and, you know, um, uh, Gareth is a singer-songwriter. He'll be playing at the event at Brixton on Saturday. Um, and they are rounded confident um uh people who um have taken the gift of what they went through and it's made them stronger and wow. it's made them bigger people and 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 everyone uh, you know my family went through it and came out stronger bigger people which they wouldn't have been without it when it was happening to your kids though did you not think cause i'm a dad i've got two little boys did you not think oh man i should not have brought this I, I, I'm responsible for what's happening to my my kids. Well, yeah, of, of course Maybe you I should shut up. Of, of course you think you. Of course you think that. But um, you know you can't judge a journey by by every step. You've got to see where the journey leads. Um, and often um, you don't know where the journey is leading until you bloody get there. Uh, and as the years have passed, um, my family, certainly myself. I've seen the benefits of going through that, mm. um, that, that, that those challenges, and, and they were seriously extreme, uh, and coming out the people we are, not despite them, but because of them. Mm. And if people listening to this, a, a lot of people will, uh, as they say, resonate with that, because they will um, look back at great experiences and challenges that they had, and they will see with hindsight the benefits that they, they got from it. So um, I, I look back at those times and that period of immense ridicule, not quite with affection, but not far off, right. because, that's, because that's it, 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 it's made me the person I am, yeah. and I am delighted to be who I am. Uh, so... It, it was a gift, uh, uh, although in the experiencing of it, it was it was a bit of a nightmare. Do you think part of the... the, the uh, uh, I, I like the, I, If I got this right as well, a lot of the ridicule was based on a misrepresentation of what you said. Have I got this right? You never said you were the son of God. You said you were the son of a Godhead. Well, um, we're going back to what I said earlier. Um, in, in that three-month period, I didn't know where I was right. um, because uh, of, of what was happening to me. But um, your dad but, had just died as well, hadn't he? Well, yeah, about a year before. Oh, okay. And but what I'm saying now is is in a way the same. Uh, when you look at reality, and it's it's just extraordinary how people um, are systematically kept from understanding the nature of reality we're experiencing. I'll give you an example. Mm. According to mainstream science, of the what exists in this universe in, in mass and matter energy, um, the electromagnetic spectrum is only 0.005% of that. That's all. The only frequency band that we can see, the world we perceive, is a fraction of that 0.005% called visible light. Everything else outside of that, the virtual entirety of the universe, is invisible to us because we can't decode it into a visual reality. Another thing, if you take the Earth's size in comparison with 
the size of the universe as mainstream science perceives it. The Earth is the equivalent of one billionth of a pinhead. So when you 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 bring reality down to that, um, the idea that from that desperately laughable tiny frequency mm. range on that laughably tiny planet by comparison with the universe that we can just dismiss things that this is can't be happening that can't be happening that can't be happening is is confirmation of the scale of perception programming that goes on and when you look at at, at quantum physics and and all these other um, um areas that are delving into the the deep um levels of reality everything is um an expression of everything else it's like an ocean um if you if you imagine an ocean and you've got the white you know tops of the waves they look different to the ocean but they're still part of the mm. ocean and so you have a name and i have a name and we have a life story and we have a, a kind of human self-identity but you are an expression of the same infinite sea of energy consciousness as i am thus if you want to use the name i don't uh for this uh uh, infinite field of consciousness uh, quote god mm. then you are an expression of mm. that and i'm expression of that so we're all expressions of that and this is a uh, something that has been talked about um in ancient cultures all over the world through shamans and people like that and now quantum physics is starting to increasingly confirm that that's the case um and if we only realized that we're all expressions of the same one consciousness, we might not uh, not um, or we might find the good sense not to kick the crap out of each other, both verbally and literally, um, as we do in, in all these these vehicles for dividing and ruling us, all these wars, all these conflicts, all these um uh, patterns of violence we've lost an understanding of who we are so I, i'm describing it in these terms now what came out on the wogan show yeah. was was I, I i'm a basically son of god i'm an expression of, of god if you like but it's you, it's not it's not it's not a a, a, a wording that i would use yeah. now do you, do you think part of the reaction to your transformation is because I, you we were talking about sport when you come out i'm not a sports fan but it was, i was really interested that you were still you're still a fan of sport I'm, I'm picking up from the little chap we had earlier on. I, Am I in trouble? have been um, um, supporting Leicester City since <laughs> the 1950s, on, man. man. 1950s. I used to go to Filbert Street. I learned to be a goalkeeper uh, by watching Gordon Banks in the early 1960s. So, um, yeah, I, I, I've seriously been in interested in sport this season, well, I'll tell you. It's interesting. Let me go back a bit, because you, you, you talk about the transformation and the gift you got after being on the Wogan Show and the public humiliation that, right. was, that was there. And I, I, and I, I want to apologise, because I was one of the people at home laughing. It, it, it doesn't matter to me. It okay. doesn't, it doesn't well, matter. Well, thank you. But you, you'd had other big maybe not quite as big, but other big setbacks and transformations before. The football career brought short because of the arthritis. That's right. Uh, and, and that kind of reset what you were and what you had to do. And is that when you went into TV presenting? Yeah, you see, when I look back at my life, and I, I think a, a, a very large number of people listening to this uh, programme will be able to um, see that in their own lives. We, we, we see things as random happenings, but when you look back... You can see patterns um, of, of what has happened to you and where it's led you as a result of what has happened to you. 
And so when when I started going out on this, uh, if you like, journey of research and uncovering all this stuff, um, I basically, my life before that had given me everything I needed to do it. One, um, when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was be a footballer. Mm. I became a footballer. And then the arthritis started. The arthritis started when I was uh, 15 and a half. um, And I played my entire uh, football career till the age of 21 when I couldn't do it anymore with with gathering arthritis. Um, And and when I played for Hereford United um, uh, in the the last two years, uh, every morning going training was agony. Really? Be- uh, till I, till the joints were warmed up, yeah, yeah. but I couldn't say anything to anybody because if the club realised what 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 was going on, then they'd have got another goalkeeper. So but you did I, that to yourself, yeah. But I, yeah, but I was with my family, of course. But I was playing, I was playing uh, well in the games. The adrenaline got me through them, uh, and so when you go through an experience like that, and and then you have your 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 dream uh, uh, just. Uh, trashed uh, because you can't play anymore. It ge- well, it, it, it's a bit like a, another version of the Wogan Show. Mm. You 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 either go under and you feel sorry for yourself, or you get up and get on with it. And what then happened is, when I was a kid, um, I, I was very interested in journalism. I was always reading the papers, and so when I um, my football career ended i thought journalism mm. so i went into journalism um and you know I, I started on a newspaper called the leicester advertiser which was just about read by the people uh, that wrote it you know because i had no qualifications you know I, they, I i left school at 15 to be a footballer so uh, when they said you know you know what degree what university did you go to i was like well I was on loan for three months at Oxford United. Uh, d- d- does that work? Actually, when Ron Atkinson was club captain, for right. enough, that's how old I am. And uh, anyway, so I went into journalism, and that taught me a lot about the media, and it taught me to write in a way that you could take um, uh, apparently complex things and put them in simple language. Yeah. So that, that was a great gift that that had given me. Then I uh, went into radio, like like. Uh, uh, talk Where radio here. What, what, what station? Yeah. BRNB in Birmingham. In Birmingham yeah, yeah. Um, I'll never forget. Used to used to park your car across. Th- uh, it, it was in the. Uh, you remember the Golden Shot? You're too young. I've I've heard Bob Monkhouse. Yes, my grandparents. Well, that was it, it. Came from the, the the ATV building in um in Birmingham, which which BRNB took over, and there right. was there was a car park across the road. Actually, it was just a wasteland. And um, used to come in, and there was the um, the HP Source Factory, and there was the Ansel's Brewery, and that combination, especially if you had a few the previous night, um, a was a car. nightmare yeah. walking across that car park. But so I went into to, uh, um, radio, and then I went into the BBC in uh, Birmingham Regional, and then onto Newsnight, and then onto the BBC uh, Sports Department. Yeah. Which gave me a media profile. So when I came out with what I did, it wasn't going to be ignored. And, of course, um, during that period, I also became a national spokesman for the Green Party, which allowed me to see politics from the inside. If you, and um, so um, all these things that I'd done in my life up to the point where my head blew off were absolutely essential background for what I've done ever since. Um, and so it's, um, it's uh, I see my life as a... As, as, as in its entirety, not as, not as a series of, of, of random um, I've got a happenings. Quote from you. I used to work in TV. Like every now and then I do. But you got a brilliant quote for you about TV workers. They're insincere, shallow, and vicious, with rare exceptions. 
Yeah, I'd go along with that. It's a cold place, TV, isn't it? Well, it really they, is. they used to say when I was at the BBC, they, they get so confused at the BBC, they stab each other in the chest, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, it, it's unbelievable, and it's it, it's like politics. You know, I, when I've been to to Westminster over the years, and I when I look at that and look at the BBC, these institutions are looking inward; they're not looking outward. Yeah. That's why they're so irrelevant to the general population, overwhelmingly. John, the John Ronson interview that was how long ago was that? Fifteen years. When would that be? About two thousand and one, two thousand and two. Yeah, Fifteen years ago. It's, it's, it's on YouTube again. I watched it when I. I we were trying to get you on the show. Um, how do you feel about that? John followed you around for a while. And, and, and yeah, in Canada, yeah. Yeah, how, did, how do you feel about that? Well, that, that was um, one of the, the big jumps, the big leaps in interest at what I did. So I'm very glad I did it. Um, because, you know, when you're, you're trying to get information out that won't normally get out there, you just have to um, take opportunities mm. to to get into the get it into the public arena and you know you're going to be ridiculed you know you're going to be uh, uh, laughed at you know you're going to be dismissed but each time you do it there are people watching who can see beyond it mm. and they get interested and then you do it again and you get more ridicule and more abuse but people watching there are a number of people watching that can see beyond it and they get interested in what you're doing and and basically you're building and building and building it up so when i'm going around the world now and uh, you know I'm, I'm talking in romania i mentioned before um in uh, november 2000 tickets have gone for that already i've never been in the country yeah. um and I'm, I'm going to australia I'm talking at brixton in london on saturday i'm, I'm going to, across america um, and all over europe uh doing in, in many countries um um, simultaneous translated um, uh, 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 talks. You're still doing nine-hour-long talks. Yeah. Oh man, come on. Because come on, David. No, no. Think, think. This is this is this is an important point. Um, we were talking before about how I was at the BBC when I saw the the um, substance interview and the substance report disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, and, in, it came, and by that you mean you, people would be would be on a show and they would talk 15, 20, yeah. 30 minutes. You, you've got time to 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 get information across because so often something only makes sense when the backstory goes before it. Yeah. Without the backstory, just the headline, it can sound ludicrous. Give it the backstory, and oh, I see what you meant now. That basically disappeared. I saw it come in from America. It's called. It was called soundbite. Uh, uh, journalism then because it was so short mm. uh, and what I'm doing see we we could have a chat and if I was someone else who was basically relating to the system as it is and we could have a, a short interview and I could get things across mm. and, and people would um, understand what I was saying because it's against the backdrop of everything they consider to be normal so it fits they don't need a backstory what i'm doing is um questioning and rewriting the whole entirety of normal everything from geopolitical events to the nature of reality all of it and therefore you have to start at a and you have to build it through to to to, to z mm. and you have to do it in a way 
where the next thing you introduce makes sense because of what's gone before. And that's why the talks are so long. I mean, I don't talk for 10 hours non-stop. There, is, there are breaks, like. <laughs> there are breaks. Oh, good. You let them go for a week and stuff. I, 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 do, I do four sections. Right. And, and, the, uh, and by the end, um, I mean, I talked on the Isle of Wight uh, two weeks ago, uh, the Medina Theatre, um, a kind of a warm-up to because i didn't know I, I had liberty you see so i didn't know how long it was going to be i could have been there at breakfast so i i had to do the do it do it once to to see what the, how the length was panning out and there are 1600 images and illustrations and everything that goes with it and there were people there who came purely out of curiosity because my family knew them and you start with the world as it is and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole and because of the way it's put together by the end of the day you're so far in the rabbit hole that if you'd started with that people are gone this guy's crazy i'm out of here but because of what's gone before they say i see it now i see what you mean and so that's why i have to talk for so long listen we run out of time now the one of the beauties of doing this show at night is that we can play this whole interview sure i mean and it it gives you a a lot of time to breathe and, and kind of have i think slightly more interesting conversations one final quick question you said that you walked from your hotel most of the way here today i just wondered what um, if you got much of a reaction when you walk down the street, what well, people say? That is that is such a, a a good question, given my experience. What has happened twenty five years on is that people are stopping me in the street to talk to me about uh, what I'm doing in a serious, interested way. I started out in Holland Park Road. I got like five minutes up the road. And there's um, a uh, delivery guy, courier guy on his motorbike, mm. went past, uh, turned in front of me to, 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 to go past me, stops, stops his bike, gets his uh, uh, helmet off, and walked a mile up the road with me, talking wow. about the information. Wow. I'm glad that you get that reaction when you walk down the yeah. street now, because that must have been, must have been horrible. Thank yeah. you, David. Yeah, different really world. Real pleasure. Thank, Thank you very you. much.